You've seen those movies where they say, make my day, or I'm your worst nightmare. Well, listen to this one. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Ha! You didn't know I'm gonna say that, did you? Your move, creep. And welcome to this very special episode of the Film Feast podcast. I'm your host, Matt Bledsoe. Uh, this is our top 10 of 2022 episode, where we discuss our favorite movies of the past year. Uh, in addition to that, it is also episode 100 of the Film Feast podcast. Uh, and who better to join me than two Film Feast all-star guests? Uh, first up, happy to welcome back to the show, Mark Warner. Mark, how you doing? I'm feeling 100, baby. Let's do this. <laughs> Oh, and uh, joining us as well, next up, also happy to welcome back Hayden Gilbert to the show. Hayden, how you doing? Oh, my aching bones. <laughs> See, I went differently about feeling 100. I feel like I'm 100 years old. Feels like he's isolated on the lonely Irish island of Inisherin. Now, not only is this the 100th uh, episode of Film Feast, but it is also special for another reason. At the time we're recording this, this is the one-year anniversary from the day two idiots said that Halloween Kills is the best movie of 2021. <laughs> oh, dear God, he's right. <laughs> That is crazy. We're recording this a year to the day we did our last Top 10 of the Year episode. And we're back again. <laughs> it's a it's a Boxing Day tradition, a thing we don't celebrate in America. But <laughs> well, uh, me and Mark may get into fisticuffs in a little bit, depending on what our uh, ranking is. I, I that's I, legitimately I, what I thought Boxing Day was when I was a kid. By the way, I was like, I do they have boxing matches in Canada? Two seconds ago, boxing matches for people who didn't get what they wanted for Christmas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yes. Recording today after Christmas. I'm very Wait, excited. If you got Jurassic World Dominion instead of Jurassic World, then someone's going into a fight. <laughs> I mean, I would fight over that. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I did. Now, I got to say this because if anyone's actually paying attention, um, I did kind of mess up the episode numbering a while back because I stupidly uh, <laughs> thought it was a good idea to not number the Unscottable episodes at first. And then I started numbering <laughs> the Tony Scott episodes. <laughs> So technically, this is like episode 105, 106, I think. But by all accounts, whatever. This is going to be officially, unofficially <laughs> episode 100, because that's what I want it to be. So <laughs> Whatever, Matt. I'm going with you. It's your podcast. All right. <laughs> I just had to point that out. Um, but uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, here we are again, gentlemen. And uh, I'm so excited gentlemen. to hear what... Gentlemen, yes. We're, this is a... <laughs> Remember a, league, a year ago when we extraordinary just... gentlemen. Yeah. Remember a year ago when we just went off on Marry Me for like 30 minutes? Yeah. Now, here's and then the it thing. apparently turned out to be a good movie. What, did it? I heard yeah, it was an people, okay movie. People liked it. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Uh, 
we mentioned prior to recording that I don't know if, uh, or we think we're going to have a lot of uh, crossover this year. And that's a good thing because Mark and I need to go see what's going to be my number one for 2023, hopefully <laughs> at 4.30. So hopefully this episode will not be four and a half hours long <laughs> like last time. Normally people are catching up on you know films from the previous year late in the following year because they weren't released except for limited at the end of this year. Hayden's getting a head start and watching a 2023 movie in 2022. That's because Mark and I are in the same room for this one. Oh, I came to Austin. Oh, oh. So I get to live like an elite for the day. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> one of those elite Austinites. That, uh, yeah, I didn't even tell people that, yeah, Mark and Hayden are in the same place right now recording. And I'm talking yes. to them through Zoom. It's never happened rich. before and it may never happen again. <laughs> Which, before we get into talk of movies... I just want to uh, show you guys this. I'm going to put this right between our computers. What is that? And Mark will that? not read what that says until we get to the number one. Oh. This will be right. interesting. <laughs> uh, that, you... To describe it to uh, the listeners, it was a folded up piece of paper. So just so we're all clear. Interesting. Okay. Um well, I feel like we should jump into it pretty quickly. Well, but... now, hold on. I'm Because <laughs> he said, he mentioned something about crossover, oh. and I just, I want to call, I want to make a prediction. I'm a betting man, okay. and I want to call out just how much crossover I'm going to have with Matt's list as I am going to have with Hayden's. Okay. So I'm, uh, they didn't allow me time to plan this out beforehand, because <laughs> they were like, save it for recording. So there's going to be a little bit of dead space while I count here, but I'm a betting Uh-huh. Well, we do have to beat uh, Keith and uh, uh, Daniel. Well, that would be over four hours. I don't know if you want to do that. If you want to see. Oh, never mind. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let him win. Oh, this my time. God. Okay. I am predicting I have eight titles crossing over with Matt's list. Wow. I'm calling it. Wow. And I am predicting three, <laughs> four titles crossing over with Hayden's list. Three or four. So no, okay. four. So basically four for Hayden and eight for Matt. Okay. In okay. fact, I'm going to uh I'm gonna try and keep track of this so I can uh <laughs> good good luck with that. Uh, I'm gonna okay. call this out at the end. I, I do feel like you and I will have a lot of crossover, Mark. I really don't know about me and Hayden because uh, the the only thing I, I really tried not to look at what you guys liked and didn't like because I want to be surprised in this episode, but there's two movies. There's a movie that I don't think I liked that I know Hayden really liked. And there's a movie I really like that Hayden didn't like. Oh, we are on the same page here. <laughs> That's all I know. That's all I know. Well, I'll call them out when we get to them. I won't leave people to spend. Well, there but... is one movie for sure that will be on all three of our lists. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. the king of 20. No, no matter what is said here today on this podcast, no matter what comes number one on all of our lists, there's one king of 2022. Mm. Do, do, and I... do, do, do. <laughs> oh i was gonna go chris pratt uh no. <laughs> oh boy what voice of mario jurassic world what can he do um all right and on that note let's go <laughs> oh, my uh, oh boy really quick though I, the only question i'll ask before we start the top 10 okay uh i don't know who wants to answer this first what did you think of this year overall for movies 
you think it was a good question. year for movies, a bad year, a middle middle of the road? You know, for the bulk of the year, I thought it was kind of middle of the road, and my favorites were kind of stacked more towards the first half of the year. But at like in the later months of the year, and especially as I was like catching up on a lot of titles for this list, I I think this is a great year for movies because <laughs> I only saw eighty one movies, but I love quite a few of them. Uh, Mark's gonna be a little slap happy because he's also watched like five three-hour movies in the last 18 hours that is true i did a oh my god I, and i will say i i usually i usually call out people who do the bulk watch like i need to catch up on all these movies from my top 10 list because i don't think that's a good way to watch movies like just watching it to see is it one of my favorites of the year and then I always end up doing that very thing before these lists. And then my lists always end up changing anyway. I mean, you can't stop your list from changing over the years. Your opinions on certain movies are going to change. Uh, but I just wanted to point out how much of a hypocrite I am. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I <laughs> I mean, things change. Um, Hayden, what did you think of the year overall? Uh, so I also only saw about 80 five movies this year i just did the quick math and i will say that is more than the 11 i saw last year for for sure but uh <laughs> no uh but i will say it was definitely a year of a lot of movies and i did happen to like quite a few of them because even beyond our top 10 i have quite a few honorable mentions and there are a handful that I genuinely love, love. But I noticed going through my uh, um, my logs that I took all year. Sorry, uh, if I'm speaking weird, it's because the way we're recording, I hear an echo. So it's kind of throwing me off a little bit. Oh, so uh, <laughs> I'll bet that's coming from my headphones. I don't know. But <laughs> I will say this. And I'm probably going to be saying I will say this a lot this episode. So I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, I gave a lot of fives. I gave a lot of hearts this year. So I was feeling pretty generous. I don't know if I was just <laughs> in a good mood for the bulk of this year or what. But I think it was not like a standout year. I guess maybe better than the last two. But Well, uh, yeah. Yeah, especially yeah. 2020. That was... That was rough. So I don't know. I thought I thought 2021 was pretty good. 2021 was I usually good. end up concluding that this is a great year for movies on these podcasts because I've just caught up on a lot of great movies. But I mean, every time I actually stop and think about it, I'm just like, it wasn't as good as 2019. I mean, if I'm I'm looking at my top 10, and if I'm thinking about my top 10 from last year, um yeah, I'd say this is a pretty pretty good year. What about you, Matt? I kind of feel like I set you guys up to answer this so I could talk about this because I <laughs> I I feel like this was a great year for movies. I really do. I was I feel like the the test for me is like when I'm trying to make the top ten. I feel like the past couple of years I was trying to fill a top ten, and this year I felt like I was like having to cut from the top ten. Like the past couple of years, it was like oh, okay, you can go to the ten spot. Like I didn't feel that passionate about like the bottom of the list. I, I good movies. Don't get me wrong, but like this year was painful to make these cuts. Like I'm mm. leaving off stuff out of the top 10 that I loved. It would have been a top 10 almost any other year. Um, so I was stopping short of saying it's like one of the best movie years ever. It's something like that. But like, I feel like it's a great movies movie. Are back. 
movies are back baby that's <laughs> thank you thank you tom cruise uh and they we did it for like you guys the oh man the past couple real years movies of... real g's <laughs> real remember uh remember vin diesel saying the movies <laughs> and now tom cruise is the guy saving cinema and yep. nicole kidman was watching like sing too and she's looking like she saw god I mean, she was act. She was acting the way that we all felt when we were looking up and seeing Nicole Kidman. So that's true. Maybe she's just watching herself. So. Oh man! So I don't know. I thought it was a really great year. I had so many. I I like. I, I'll say this. I like my list better than the past couple of years for sure. Twenty nineteen was also a great year. Twenty nineteen, like the, the last year of movies. I know. Another until twenty twenty until twenty twenty two. I don't know. I just really. I was just shocked at the quality and stuff that stuff that I really responded to and liked this year. Um, and we'll talk a little more about like, I don't want to spoil it, but I feel like there's a certain type of movie that was really great this year. Blockbusters. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I should have said it. There's a reason to tease it, but yeah, it's a good year for blockbusters. Um, it was, I just really, yeah, I had a great time this year watching stuff and ton of stuff that I loved. Um, That's why it's a little sad. Cause I was, I was thinking, I've been thinking for weeks. It's like, I don't really have a lot of indie stuff. Uh, it's it's going to be, I'm going to sound like a, one of those schmoes nose guys sound from Collider because it's just, my top <laughs> 10 is just going to be a bunch of mainstream blockbusters for the most don't part. Don't yeah. say that. I'm literally, <laughs> I've literally been like working out my list up until we started recording and him saying that has me wanting to do another flip-flop because <laughs> yeah. I have a smaller I have a kind of smaller movie that I like as much as the movies at the top no, of the list. please, please go with the smaller movie. Please. Uh, we need some representation. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Alright, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I just, I, I just, I thought it was a good year. Um, I've seen some people say that they couldn't find stuff they liked and I was like in this year like I mean you know I don't know I thought we were eating good this year is what I'm saying there has <laughs> been a lot of weird negativity where like a certain movie that we've kind of teased already came <laughs> out and it was legitimately great and then I remember people being like is it actually great or is it just a movie that functions no 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 <laughs> that great. was only a handful of people but we've talked about this i have that bubble problem where i hear two people say that and i'm like everybody's saying this that's what i have the same problem like oh god everyone hates this thing now and i'm like everybody's it's like three people this. on twitter you know you guys oh. you guys gotta get out of the bubble you guys gotta talk to bubble, that was a good movie Talk to the, oh, oh god, <laughs> was that this year or last? Year? The that bubble was based this on year, the uh, making of the movie we're watching right now. Wait, what? Yeah, the bubble was loosely inspired by the making of Jurassic World Dominion. Are you Hayden and I serious? are watching Jurassic World? Dominion. <laughs> Wait, so, are the you story serious? I've heard is like Leslie Mann, uh, Judd Apatow's wife, is friends with someone who worked on this movie, and they were telling Marjorie. her about the crazy stories, like hmm. from the making of. And Judd Apatow's like. I'm going to make a movie about this. And he ended up making a movie about how hard celebrities had it during the pandemic. <laughs> well, Gal Gadot already made that movie. <laughs> oh, God. I forgot. And the bubble might have been this year, but I think most of us the forgot The bubble about was it. this year. Wow. Oh, most of the world has moved on from the bubble. That was a the, horrible miscalculation. The bubble dropped on Netflix, I think, the same day as the new Richard Linklater movie. And everyone oh. watched the bubble, and no one watched the Linklater movie, and everyone <laughs> hated the bubble, and everyone wow. probably would have liked the Linklater movie. Apollo, Apollo 11, 10 and, and a half, half or something. 
I I feel bad to watch it, but yeah, uh, I don't know. We'll we'll talk about a bunch of movies, I'm sure. So let's get into it. Let Um, me say one thing though. (laughs) Yeah, come on, we've got a movie to be wasting that much time. Remember, (laughs) go see Christian Bale solve a mystery. We're not, we're not in, we're not at Marry Me Hours yet. I just want to say there's going to be a lot of spicy takes on this episode because. I'm not actually going to have a movie about Spice on this year's episode. That's oh. going to be next year. So I have to make up for it with that's Spicy out next Takes. Year? Yeah, yeah, it's coming out this year. Next year. Oh, I'm calling it. That's going to be my number one of next year. <laughs> I'm calling uh, Pale Blue Eye. Just like I did with Antlers. And we saw how that worked. <laughs> I can't even hey, think did you know that a year, so. Did you know that a year ago we actually recorded that episode on the one day of the year where I thought Antlers was better than Malignant? Wait, did you rate it higher? I put Antlers at number three and Malignant at number four. No, no, no. And flip flop those. I don't want to sound like I'm uh, back walking how much I like Antlers. I do love Antlers, but I was calling that shot for years that I was like, Antlers is going to be my number one. Antlers is going to be my number one. And it was like my number six. (laughs) And didn't. Uh, not to reminisce about last year's countdown. Didn't Mark put Black Widow at ten or nine and shock us? <laughs> you know what? I'm not. I'm. You know, every now and then I think Mark's I like, "Look, we're not litigating this." Okay, let's move on. <laughs> I don't think I made a mistake. I'm, I just I'm wanted not... to remember. I, I could remember that right, but I'm I just still was... satisfied with that decision. That's sure. okay. I, it I'm might not judge. be as good as other movies that didn't make the list, but you know what? I'm happy that that movie. Well, got I think mentioned. on the episode yourself, you were chastising yourself for not putting Justice League. I, sh- I mean, Justice League is better than Black Widow. It should right. have been on. But there. those are all 2021. We got to move on. We got to move on. Oh, okay. Oh, um, I love you guys. I love you guys. Very I've, been looking for, I've been looking forward to this for so long. I know. I know. I'm very excited. All right. I think who went first last year? I was going to let the, did I think Mark went first last year? I want to think Mark. Now, now, may I ask for permission to go first again? Because I'm starting with some bullshit and I want to get it out of the way. Yeah, so please. Guys- let okay. him go first. Yeah, let's, it doesn't matter. <laughs> we'll, go, right. we'll go in a circle. Also, uh, the only rule, I mean, not rule, but like if if you say whatever your 10 is and I have it on my list higher, then we'll call yeah, it out. I think the person who likes it the most or has it rated the highest, at least, should be able to talk about it first. I think that's fair. That's like cucking the person who put <laughs> it first, though. Like repeatedly. Uh, I mean, so, it, so this will be out, funny. So, it's, so yes. yeah, all right. Well, Mark and go start us off at number ten. Mark, I'm so starting off at this. number ten. All right, you guys want to hear some bullshit? Yeah. Oh, Listen, I'm cheating right at the get go. God damn it! What I had fuck? multiple. <laughs> I had multiple cheats. I ran through my head, and I decided to only go with one of them because I had so much trouble. This is a this TV list. show, Mark. I <laughs> no, no. What I'm doing? Do not put a Peter Jackson documentary series on your list, Mark. <laughs> Don't do that. I'm doing a three-way tie. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fucking serious. AO, I look, picked one cheat. I'm tying five movies. If A.O. Scott of the New York Times could do a three-way tie back oh. in 2013, then I can do a three-way tie because I don't matter. Hey, hey, Matt, uh, let me let me redo my list. I'm going to tie ten movies. Okay. If you guys knew all the shit I still had to struggle, even with this three-way tie, you'd shut the fuck up right now. I really I'm sorry, do. Mom. I'm sorry, I... Mom. I didn't mean to swear. I I forgot. I, I, listen, if we're gonna do ties, I want to tie my number ten too because this was the hardest spot. Are you to fucking tie. serious, <laughs> guys? Guys, tie, look, you know what? You're allowed one tie. This, one tie. This podcast is illegitimate. Can I just get the tie out? All right, all right get the, the tie out the way. All right, 
one of these movies i'm calling we're gonna talk about higher up on that's list and one of them gonna work and one of them we're gonna be talking about higher up on Aiden's list all right so my number 10 is three-way tie between (laughs) x okay is that not higher on your list matt it isn't not higher on my list okay i was wrong about one of those which means i was wrong about one of my predictions already oh okay also in this tie halloween ends you've got halloween ends at at number 10 not even 10 a tie (laughs) tie so really like 11 oh my god i like all three of these movies what fucking shirt are you wearing right now mark oh man if you guys think hayden's upset now wait till you hear what the third one is you know what? This, at least, this is at wild. least you literally it's broke three, the rules just to get it on the list. That's it's fine. a okay. three-way horror tie, and that's part of the reason. If I this whole list without having Halloween ends, I'd have to deal with this fucking guy calling my Halloween fandom into question all the, all for the way years to come. I would oh, not. Boy. I'm not dealing Imagine with that, that car ride later today. Imagine. <laughs> anyway, okay. Next, What's the third part? Halloween ends. <laughs> oh boy. And men. <laughs> That's worse, <laughs> having it right next to men. So I we can talk How about two of these None of those, now. none of those on my list. So I don't know about okay. Hayden, uh, I'm but, sure has well, one of those on his list. I believe we're gonna be talking about Halloween ends later on. If no, it did make my list. Yes, it made my list. It's way <laughs> higher. Okay. I, oh look, I, I I can't help it. We'll t- we'll talk about why Halloween ends is number Halloween. 10. Oh later. My let's, God. Talk about men. let's talk about let's talk about men. Let's get it out of the way. We fucking suck, right, men? We're a horrible gender. We're probably one of the okay. I'm not look. Alex Gar, look, Alex Garland. He's a true blue. He's a fucking weirdo, but he's a true blue genre fan. He first made he made a sci-fi AI movie, followed it up with a weirdo sci-fi monster movie. Now he's doing a full-on folk horror movie where. Jesse Buckley's going to rent an Airbnb from Rory Kinnear, giving one of the most delightful performances of the year. One of his performances is delightful. The little, I mean, the little yeah, character. He, <laughs> Rory Kinnear gives multiple performances in this know. movie, and they're all delightful. Wait, wait, you put men right next to Halloween ends? No, 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 no. Mustn't do that. <laughs> okay, sorry. Oh, man. I can't wait. Like, I hope he forgets. I'm never going to hear the end of this. I just want you guys to know how committed I am to this list. I could have lied and just said Halloween ends is my number one to avoid the shit that I'm going to have to put up with from this guy later in my life. Anyway. Number 10. Folk horror, Jesse Buckley, after uh, her abusive ex has uh, killed himself, whether accidentally or on purpose, who knows? She's getting away from it all. Going to an Airbnb out in the English countryside. It is a gorgeous place. First off, setting always plays an important part in how much I like a movie. And the setting for this movie is gorgeous. The setting and then the atmosphere and the way that the tension and her isolation and the threatening of her isolation is built. It's all perfect. When it comes to horror, one of the things I love is mood and atmosphere. And this movie is overflowing with it. And it's basically just all these men, all played by Rory Kinnear, slowly kind of threatening her uh, isolation, her safety, and her <laughs> peaceful vacation. Don't forget the one lady. <laughs> the one lady cop. Oh, oh yeah. Well, she's, she's, not, she's not threatening. 
I, anyway, a lot of people, <laughs> like a lot of people, haven't seen Men. They're probably not interested in seeing it, but I still don't want to spoil it. It just it goes into some weird, interesting directions, and I just I loved it. I had a great time. I, if we if if we if we start digging into men, we're never gonna ha- we're never gonna finish <laughs> up this one. Let's quickly talk about X because apparently we're not talking Wait, about. Wait, we later. not get to talk about men before you move on to X? Oh, you know what? I am sorry. I don't mean to monopolize <laughs> conference. Yes, you guys talk about men. All right, Matt. I, I'm just gonna go really quickly because okay. I don't have much to say. We've already <laughs> litigated this on a prior episode we were all on. I'm glad I've, he remembers that. Yeah, I've stated oh, why I yeah. don't like the movie. Uh-huh. I will just say I don't necessarily disagree with everything you're saying, Mark. I think I, I really like one of the performances in the movie. I really like uh the setting of the movie. I think it is gorgeous. I think it's beautiful. I think it would be a perfect setting for a full horror movie. I just wish I liked the movie that takes place in the setting more than I do. That's all I have to say about that. I'll, I'll just, you yeah. know, let me just sum up my thoughts on men. It's essentially a movie about women who live in a world where they're where God or a God hates them and wants to make sure that their entire existence is miserable and it's a very, it's a very, uh, it's a very upsetting theme, but it's I'm, done very well. <laughs> I wish I got that. Out of it. I just thought it was a very messy movie, but that's yeah. all I have to say. I, uh, I saw it in a theater with two other people, I believe, <laughs> like, uh, was excited about it because I like Alex Garland and didn't really like it. But it, yeah, I agree with everything you just said, Mark. I'm like, yeah, Mark's saying things that are true, but like, why didn't I respond to the movie? I thought the ending bordered on like parody. Like what happens at the ending is it it keeps uh, something keeps happening over and over that becomes funny to me at a certain point. I don't want to say it, but I was like, it's, it's the most surprising part of the movie. Why do I want to ruin that? Um, sure. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of just nothing happening for long stretches of the movie. Like, even though it's like it's nice to look at, I don't know. I just could not, could not get into it. Uh, I'm glad you liked it. I don't have much else to say about it, but yeah, I, uh, I don't know. It just it just did not work for me. And I don't even know how to explain why. It just kind of was like, it's not into this. I don't know. So sorry to say. <laughs> okay. Uh well I'm <laughs> let's move on to X. I'm not, yeah, I'm not gonna we've got a lot to go through, so I'm not gonna hold us on men. Uh X. Ty West, definitely one of my boys when it comes to horror. It was back this year, twofold. Spoiler alert, one of those movies will not be making my list. Yeah, Mark even cheated and Pearl's not making the list. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed Joker. I mean, sorry, uh, Pearl. But <laughs> I, like, it didn't deliver oh. for me the way that X did. Because, uh, I mean, I'm just a big fan of that, you know, 70s horror that He essentially, he's trying to, now, I will admit, he's gone on in interviews and trying to act like I've made a movie all about 70s cinema about the history of cinema and i'm just like all right, all right calm down a little buddy you made a 70s <laughs> grindhouse throwback just own it because you made a great 70s grindhouse throwback it's a great you know old school slasher it feels like it's it feels like a movie out of that era the way it's shot on film and the setting like it's very it's basically his text chainsaw massacre it's about a group of people going out to make an adult film and they rent out this um, guest house from this uh, farmer or I don't even know he's a farmer, just a uh, 
a guy living in the country, an old guy who lives out there with his wife, who's, uh, in case you guys haven't seen, she's kind of weird. And um, kind of played by a person. She might be played by (laughs) one of the people that is also out there making an adult film. And yeah, they are slowly picked off one by one. Um, There's, God, the way, like, the kills are great. There's a particularly gnarly uh, kill with an alligator that disturbs me just to think about um there's another there's a shot also one of my favorite shots this year is like an overhead shot of mia goth just lying in this lake as a as an alligator like slowly swims towards her it's terrifying and um all the all the performances are great yeah everyone likes to single out mia goth and britney snow you know what i'm gonna do i have this habit of focusing in on performances that no one else does I don't know why. It's not like intentional either. I just happen to, I guess, focus. I, I guess I'm drawn to performances that others aren't. But I think Martin Henderson is fucking awesome. Is that the this. McConaughey guy? Yeah, he's basically doing <laughs> Matthew McConaughey from Magic Mike. But instead of dancing at the strip club, he owns the strip club. And he's, uh, yeah, he's the one that's kind of running the show. And he's like, he's sleazy, but he's not like a full on creepy asshole. Like he <laughs> has a good rapport with the people that he's working with. And it's just, it's such an entertaining performance. I love Martin Henderson. I'm glad he got to like go full cowboy in this. Uh, yeah, X is, X is according to Letterboxd, one of the most popular movies of the year. So everyone who's listening to this is very familiar with it. I'll stop talking about it. What did you guys <laughs> think of X? Man, you want to go first on this one? Yeah, I, I liked actually X. If I was doing a three-way tie of ten, X would X would make the list. I'm do like, it. Is, I'm I mean, not stopping I, you. Hey, there are no rules. It doesn't matter. We can do top thirteens uh, now. I guess. <laughs> like oh, this thing's already in chaos. Like we're going on a road trip and we just back to the driveway and hit something. Like immediately. <laughs> like we just left. <laughs> And it's just like, oh shit. And look, for uh, the record, when you guys see the number of honorable mentions I still have, you'll understand why yeah, I love like this. I've got a lot too. I, I felt like I was in the rare camp that liked X more than Pearl. Uh well, very close. I mean I feel me like it's 50-50, honestly. Uh, yeah. I, I but Mia got some amazing in Pearl. She um, is. Uh I like them both a lot. I just like X a little more because it's more of a I guess traditional slasher i don't you know it's just it's, i like, like the... it's more of a yeah it's more of a standard horror film like joker i mean pearl is more of like a character study you're laughing mia goth is giving a six minute long monologue and you're laughing <laughs> and i mean yeah i keep i'm, I'm burying the leaf here but i do it's basically like ty west 20 set version of another very one of the most popular movies of the past few years that everyone pretends to hate and I feel like I personally like that movie a little more. Like, here's the well, thing with Pearl. I mean, I kind of knew. I knew exactly <laughs> where that movie was going. Like, it, there were a couple of surprises, and the performance and the look was great. But at the end of the day, it's just like I kind I wasn't as surprised as I was by X, which I also knew where X was going. But that movie's still just like because it's such a specific type of movie that I love. It's scratching itch perfectly. Yeah, that's basically how I feel. I mean, I really I enjoyed it. It was a fun horror movie. Uh, I was surprised a couple things that happened in X. I think I think we all talked about them a while back. Um, specifically with the the older couple that lives on the farm, some interesting things happen. Um, yeah, I don't know. I had a really good time with X. Uh, so yes, it almost made my list. I guess it technically still will when I do a three way tight. <laughs> so, do it, look, guys. Just do it. 
There's really no rules. This is not like the official New York Times. Look, it was 10. either a three-way horror tie. Man, I was going to surprise you. I got oh. us a deal at New York Times. We are the official. <laughs> what, a, what a great Christmas gift that would have been. <laughs> Look, it was either going to be a three-way tie at 10. This, isn't, this didn't make your three-way tie. Okay, <laughs> oh, oh, boy. He's pointing um, at the TV that's playing Jurassic World <laughs> Dominion, for those of you who can't see. Because I do like that movie. Oh boy! Right. Oh, uh, did boy. you dumbest movie I've ever seen? <laughs> did you have anything else to say about X Men? No, no, I'm good. <laughs> I, I I just want to say I really wanted to see Pearl. There's a short list of movies that I did want to try and fit in before this, but I I just wasn't going to get around to it. So I do want to see Pearl. I think I might be one of those annoying hipsters who likes Pearl a little bit more than X. However, it's not to say I didn't like X. I do like X quite a lot. I think the cucking scene where Jimmy Ortega just like <laughs> destroys that man in front of our eyes yeah. is one of the most like nerve-wracking, frustrating, really scenes <laughs> I've seen all year. Uh, I really like, I really like a lot of what's going on in the movie. Um, I like quite a few of the performances. Uh, so I did like X. It just didn't make the list. I actually preferred. Fuck it. If if we're gonna cheat, I actually preferred a movie that's. Uh, well, of course, I preferred a movie that's gonna make my list instead of what did. I, I think I know what movie he's yeah. talking about. So wait, have you done? You did Man X. What was the third one? The third one was Halloween Ends, but we're oh, gonna be what's talking gonna about that one later. <laughs> I am. That's the most shocking that's happened so far. Is that Halloween Ends is not higher up on your list, Mark? I thought it would have been. And will Mark just fun? blew this fucker up like immediately? <laughs> find out what. Look, there was. Look, I'm just gonna say there was a list where Halloween Ends wasn't on it, and I would never wow. hear the fucking end of that. You would not. Yeah, that was for your own safety. I'm glad you put that on the list. Uh, <laughs> that was a good idea. The amount um, of shit you know about Halloween or Halloween franchise in general. If I called you a fake fan. <laughs> <laughs> Oh well, I mean, okay, is that so? We hey, we how we end. That's later. my number ten. That's my numbers ten. <laughs> my your your basket you know of number he ten. Did mention, he did mention Jenna Ortega, and I just want to say Jenna Ortega, one of the MVPs. Of also the year. playing Joker. Great. I mean, great, uh, in, X, great in uh Scream. Phenomenal. He's had a great in, year. Yeah. Phenomenal in Wednesday. Like she's amazing in that show. She's had a hell of a year. Yeah. So yeah. Yes. Um, uh Okay. Hayden, uh, what is your number 10 or possible multiple? Uh, am I going to do it? Am I going <laughs> to say fuck it? Do it. All right. My number's 10. I'll also make it a horror triple. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Two of them are fake movies that are real movies. Or two of them are fake movies that are better than real movies. One of them is a, a like, a weird sequel to a franchise that's an incredibly poor taste but so i actually preferred texas chainsaw massacre to x um i just i mean it's incredibly bad taste it's not a great (laughs) movie but i can't deny i had a lot of fun and it's only like 80 minutes long Mm-hmm. if that i think the credits yeah. start before it might be like 80. 70 or 75 before the credits go <laughs> yeah it's such a i think it's such a fun movie i think it looks amazing and i love the way it treats leatherface as like a little monster um <laughs> the other two movies are uh fall and smile okay i saw all these movies this is good <laughs> so uh so you're considering fall to be a horror movie then yeah scary 
It is scary. He's <laughs> right. <laughs> See, okay, so here's the thing. Smile, I thought, was a legitimately great horror movie. And I think it is pretty prescient about the times we're living in. And I, look, I... I get it. I get why people made fun of Smile because it's like a, as Jamie Lee Curtis would say, a, a trauma horror movie. It's all about trauma. But like, <laughs> but and and I'm as sick as Babadook. Uh, I'm as sick of Babadook oh as anyone alive. However, I just think there's a lot going on about like a movie where the antagonist is literally someone who just laughs at you while they're about to kill you and they're screaming about how the world's falling apart and whatnot. So, like, I just think it's a very nihilistic horror movie and I enjoyed it. Fall, on the other hand, a movie with incredibly dodgy special effects that was originally going to be a red box movie that was just thrown into theaters just because they're like, yeah, what the hell is testing all right? For a movie with that is so designed around the effects and the effects are not great i cannot deny the theatrical experience of seeing that was insane what it's only been topped by one other movie i saw this year and we will get to it but like <laughs> seeing fall on the big screen i was cringing and like squirming in my seat for like an hour and a half and i just thought that movie was an absolute blast. I did not get to see Fall. I really wanted to, but it's harder for me to drag myself out to theaters this year. Uh, and I'm just not feeling the motivation. That's one of the movies that suffered because of that. But I do want to see it. And it's very much my kind of movie. I love those uh, survival or those high concept survival thrillers. And, yeah, I, I really liked Fall. I was I didn't mean, cut you off. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I'll just say, I mean, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I had a blast with it. It's in very poor taste. That's kind of what I like <laughs> about it. It like it does the Halloween 2018 thing where it brings the original protagonist back to get revenge, <laughs> and then just like throws her in the trash. Oh, love that shit. But it's then amazing. it still it's... <laughs> kind of like gives her like a heartfelt moment at the end, which I feel like kind of undoes that. And that right. bums me out a little because I was so thrilled when it was like What's... mocking that. It's the first Chainsaw Massacre movie with the Chainsaw Massacre. It's like, true. That, that is true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. So good. I uh, and yeah. <laughs> sorry, I'm just like I'm just speed, I'm just speedballing through all these speedballing. That's not a word. I'm just <laughs> speed rounding through all these movies. Uh <laughs> speedballing. He's doing a bunch of fucking coke. Oh my <laughs> god. Um smile. I love smile. Oh yeah, smile. Like, uh, aesthetically, that <laughs> is nice. my like ideal horror movie. Like I've heard a lot of comparisons to it follows, and it basically does take the like filmmaking and kind of scare tactics of it follows, and it is a great successor. It just I know, you know, at the end of the day, I I loved it, but it just didn't stick with me as much as I wanted it to. Uh, I mean, I still I still gave it a four. Like, I still had a great time with that. I want to apologize for giving Mark shit for, like, not pausing to let us speak about each movie before moving <laughs> on to the next one. And then I just did what I, like, gave him shit for. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't even, I didn't even realize what you just said. Like I ran through all three movies before y'all could say anything about anyone. Oh, oh no, that's I, fine. That's fine. I was uh, gonna call you out for that, but then I was just like, "Who cares? <laughs> We're already okay, blowing up the rules." <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Really quick about all these movies. So, Smile. I had two of the worst theater experiences my whole year. In the two, that's the right, two times you went I to saw see it Smile. Twice. 
because I got dragged by a friend the second time and I didn't really want to oh, see God. it again. Um, the, the second time was one of the most infuriating things ever in a theater. It was so infuriating because it was like empty. It was like an empty, it was me and two other friends and like one couple who were like away from us. And then a group of teenagers came in and sat directly behind us. And I will oh, not no. till my dying day understand why they chose to do this. <laughs> and it's like, sit anywhere else. The whole theater is wide open for you. Um, they became so annoyed. We had to move at one point. Uh, it was frustrating. Um, the movie also suffered a little bit on the second watch. Cause I think it, it's funny. Cause I was like, this is not scary until the ending. I think is actually pretty kind of, kind of uh, gets under my skin. But I also thought more about the message of the movie the second time. And I was like, this is kind of fucked up. Like, kind of like, I feel like what they're saying is I, I don't, I feel bad almost spoiling it, but it's like the gist of it is like, you're never going to escape your trauma. Is what it felt yeah. like. It was like, Jesus. Um, I don't know. I had some problems to smile, but it was, an entertaining horror movie felt like a good, like rip kind of rip on like a, a J horror movie, you know, um, it was, it's definitely like it came out of Japan, like 20 Hell years ago, yeah. but I liked it. I like, it was fine. But, uh, what else? Uh, fall, I watch at home. I think basically on your recommendation, Hayden, and I really liked it. Um, now I did not recommend watching it at home, but I'm glad you watched <laughs> I, that it. That was the all. best I could do. It was it was in and out of theaters real yeah. quick. Where did I did you at least like... sit really close to your TV, <laughs> like Hayden's doing right now for <laughs> Jurassic World Dominion? I, I felt like I had a good distance. Uh, I was into that movie. There is a uh, there were some really dumb things that happened in Fall. I remember everyone complained in the reviews about, oh, this is so dumb, and the characters are the so twist. dumb. And blah. And I'm like, yeah, the twist is, Whew, but it's, you know, there's a matter. twist in fall. Yeah. Not saying anything oh my God. It's, but the movie I think is so effective on this like primal fear level. Also, you're like, what would I do in this situation? Like, what would you try yes. to do? Uh, like, well, first of all, I wouldn't have fucking gone. That was, I thought to myself, I was yeah, like, I would not dumbest. climb. I'm yeah, scared. I would not I'm climb. scared of ladders. And they don't so. tell anybody where they go. That's the dumbest no. part. Oh, anyway, but <laughs> there's some dumb stuff to fall, but it, it, it works on like a, uh, they did that in the descent and that's like the greatest survival horror movie of all time. That's true. But that's also has my boy, fall. Jeffrey Dean Morgan from the unholy. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Um, so yeah, fall is actually really fun. It's going to be one of the, I would say it's one of the underrated movies of the year. Cause I feel like it kind of came and went. Yeah. Um, and wait, what was the other thing? <laughs> I can't keep track. Texas of Chainsaw Massacre, which I, I really liked. Me and Dirk did a whole episode earlier this year, ranking the whole series, and I think it ended up for both of us in like our top half of the the series. Like I oh, think it's, it's gotta be like the third best one. <laughs> actually, I think I might have put it three. Although maybe yeah. I put it. It was either that or the O three remake. I may have put ahead of O three. I think I went one yes, to the new still... one. I think it's a little bit ahead of the 03 one. Like it they probably keep is. flip-flopping, but but yeah, it is a fun it. slasher movie. The stuff that they do with like you think it's Halloween 2018, but then it just fucking throws it in the garbage. <laughs> like literally. It's so good. <laughs> oh, and then yeah, there's an actual text chainsaw massacre for once. Uh the ending is shocking. Uh it's I mean, it is brisk. It is if, like what we, I think it features minutes. I'm sorry, I think it features a a, a young 20-something saying you're canceled, bro. And then Leatherface immediately chops him up. <laughs> and also, you want to talk about, like, I feel like I am somewhat hardened to horror movie violence because I've watched so many of them. But you want to talk about, like, moments in horror movies that still make me cringe. There's a moment where Leatherface, like, 
takes a sledgehammer or something, oh. slams it into a guy's knee. Yeah, yeah. Bends yeah. his knee like completely backwards. Oh. That like I can't even watch that. That I one think, really gets to me. I think I audibly screamed when that happened. I, didn't mind I definitely I like, did. Like, ah! <laughs> Watching it by myself, and I definitely had an audible reaction at that moment. Yeah. My favorite moment in that movie, though, is uh, someone, the one of the main characters texts their friends, and the text message says, the old lady just died, and then a frowny face. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's it's a deceptively <laughs> funny movie too. It's like it's a good time. Um okay, so that was your top t- or your 10. Those are uh, my numbers. That's 10, 10, 10, numbers 10 and 10. 10. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to join the 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 thing here and uh I, mine's almost a horror triple at 10. Isn't this wonderful, guys? No, no just, this is I'm very I've clean. got a lingering sense of like shame. Well, here's the thing. You put four star movies into your top ten. Mine are mine are all at least four and a half. So <laughs> I'm just saying there's a like I think, my, I think me doing that was should, pretty valid. Should, should. <laughs> uh okay. I, I guess I'll do my triple. Uh almost <laughs> horror. Almost all horror. You could almost count one as horror if you are easily squeamish. Um, we all did, yeah, we all did uh horror triples. You're welcome. You're <laughs> well, welcome, America. Mine's You'll you'll see you'll see what I'm talking about. Okay, so X, this is three way tie for my ten. X, I guess Barbar- we could have waited to talk about it. Well, once I realized we're doing ties, I you know, uh, it was, uh, my actual number ten was Barbarian. That oh, was you're gonna have table that one. Oh, okay, we'll table that one. And my my one that I really wanted to get in here that I was so sad I had to cut Jackass Forever, which was probably oh, oh that's a horror movie. That's a okay. Movie. They they. I mean, some of the stuff that happens is just that sequence when they turn the lights off in a, I can't know what they called the thing, but it was like they turn the lights off on a couple of the guys and start like fucking with them in the yeah. dark. And it's terrifying. <laughs> um, that movie, my God, the Jackass movies with a crowd, like nothing's better in a full theater. Like I was yeah, thinking about this after, pretty good. after I watched it, it was like, man, these are fun to watch with people. Cause it's like, they go in those segments. So it's like, it's like a rise and fall the whole time. It's like, they do the segment. Yeah. When it finishes, everyone's kind of like, haha, they're kind of like coming down off the high of that segment. And then they go in the next segment and it always like fades in and fades out. And you're like, what the fuck's going to be next? And when they, when they, when they reveal what's going to be happening, there's always like an audible, like, oh, like groans and like just, it's such a, such a great audience experience because you feel everybody's like, ah, oh, you know, like the pain that's happening. I feel like, yeah. was it Danger Aaron that got fucked up so bad in this one? Oh, everything? yeah. There's so much <laughs> testicular torsion. Oh, oh, so much. <sighs> testicle uh. trauma it was but uh, jack has forever i i was worried about that one because this is going to be just sad these guys are older now but it was still so much fun and they still played into the fact that a few of the guys are older i liked the new people they brought in i was worried about that but i liked poopies. most of the new people poopies is <laughs> uh it's jackass jackass is like a very unique theater experience movie experience i am sad that i don't think we're going to get any more at this point um but i just had so much fun with it and it was a great that was like one of the best i think that was like one of my first like returns to the theater because that was like february this year yeah like a full like a full full crowd and i was like this is i miss the movies are back baby (laughs) so movies were back that movie were back (laughs) i I like i had a lot of fun with jackass forever also i honestly think it worked better for me because they're so old like it just (laughs) made it that much more painful to watch and also weirdly sweet in a way yeah like it was saw, very sweet <laughs> you saw this earlier in the year everyone was like 
oh, the Jackass movies are soothing for our souls. And it's like, <laughs> it, it became a new way of talking about the Jackass movies. And uh, so I feel like it was a great healing experience <laughs> for a lot of people this year for the country i think it was just yeah. <laughs> it was it was wonderful so yeah my my begin to heal number 10 triple was barbarian jackass forever and x so, i'm surprised barbarians that low but i guess you've seen a lot of good movies this year man. i have seen a lot of good movies i'm surprised those three movies are at the bottom of the list because yeah the stuff ahead of it is yeah stuff i really love so yeah cool we're tabling uh, barbarian and i guess we already talked about x so yes. we're good okay so we're good <laughs> so we're back around to mark for number nine and i'm gonna tell you something let me tell you something <laughs> we are <laughs> we're gonna be we're gonna i have a feeling we're gonna be doing some tabling okay because <laughs> my number nine fresh off of the watch right before we recorded everything everywhere all at once yeah you got you got to table that one you got to table that one baby (laughs) but i appreciate that one for when we do stinkers oh hayden don't do this don't so we're (laughs) we're he's gonna save the worst of it for off mic just for me yeah he's not gonna do any of that to you man you better fucking watch swiss army man now bitch okay (laughs) so funny to watch hayden's hand come into frame toward (laughs) mark He's yelling at him. Oh, I wish this was I'm an audio sorry. or visual podcast at this point. Um, sorry, okay, uh, tabling marks number nine because it's everything right. ever all once. Okay, Hayden, I'm what's guessing, your number nine? Uh, this is where this is where this whole tabling thing. I get why we do it because very polite and it seems orderly, but this is going to be a disaster because I feel like it's just going to be tabling after tabling after tabling. That's okay. It'll, it's it's a fun game to keep It'll up. Shake I have fun trying okay. to keep up with it. Okay, yeah. my number nine, ambulance. Oh, yeah, we gotta table that table one, baby. That one. Okay. <laughs> All right, see how fast this can go. We table everything. Yeah, like um, we waste a lot of time on uh, ties. The number and the ten. Blasting through them. We just talked about blasting nine movies at number ten between the three of us. Um, so okay, so yeah, uh, what was I gonna say? This should go faster now. We're tabling everything, so um, and we'll repeat these lists at the end. I think if we if you guys have your list saved, we'll just yes. go over them. No, I'm deleting confusing. them as we go. Yes, yes. <laughs> I've got to say. I, I did that one year. Don't make fun of me. One time Man, I like to, Why would you do that? I, cr- I don't know. I was like crossing them off as I went. I was like, oh shit, I got to recap the <laughs> Oh no, it was dumb. Um, Okay, my number nine. I got We might table this one. Uh, Glass Onion. Uh, Yeah, we're going to table that one. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, table all it number... for the stinkers. No, I'm oh, joking. Oh, God. Uh, the stinkers. going to do that joke every time. All I'm the number nine. It's not going to get annoying ever. <laughs> all the number nines were tabled. Okay. Very that was fast. All right. Well, I um, eight. I can tell you, we're not going to have to do any table in here because okay. neither one of you have seen this one. And uh, this is one of those where I'm st- I was like, I was struggling with it up until we made the list. Oh, and... I, know. Oh, I know what this is. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, we may be would have had to have tabled this right that um, didn't make it we might have here's the fun here's the thing remember earlier when i said i almost had a smaller indie one on my list i'm still debating swapping that out for my number eight because i pretty much like everything in this block just as much but you know what i'll save the smaller one for the honor i'll go with what's on the list my number eight is babylon which I saw yesterday in a yeah. mad dash of watching prestige dramas on Christmas. Uh, for various reasons, I had to postpone my Christmas celebration. So I just spent the day at the movies. And 
the best time I had, one of the best times I had all year was Damien Chazelle's Babylon, which wow. multiple <laughs> people have said it basically follows the plot structure of Boogie Nights. It does, but I mean, by setting that plot structure in the uh, 20s Hollywood, like that's an appropriate setting for that kind of movie because like Hollywood is still a depraved place. They haven't changed as much. What? As- all right, all right. What? We got a movie. They haven't changed as much as they'd like you to think, but it never can be said <laughs> enough just how like evil Hollywood was back in the day. Like, I mean, I, I listen to a lot of You Must Remember This. I always love watching movies set in that time because it really just shows the hypocrisy of them trying to make these like family-friendly censored movies when the place was a damn cesspool. And this really captures that very well like it opens with a i guess 30 minute long party sequence where basically like like you you oh like one of like some of the first things you see are some really uh some really really out there sexual acts oh that's what i read on the indb indb parents guy (laughs) yeah it um like I like if you thought taking your kids to see Wolf of Wall Street almost 10 years ago on Christmas was a bad decision, <laughs> just wait. If you took them to see this, oh boy. But yeah, it's a uh, Babylon. Damien Chazelle, it's a movie about uh, 1920s Hollywood. It kind of uh, shows it through multiple perspectives. You've got uh, an assistant played by Diego Calva who kind of works his way up in the ranks. He starts off as a like, he starts off as just a, an assistant at the party that we start off at, and then he kind of works his way into being a Jack Conrad's assistant. Jack Conrad is a silent film star played by Brad Pitt, and he uh, basically he eventually works his way up to uh, one of the studio executives, or like kind of lower level before that. You also got um, like new star on the rise, Nellie Leroy, played by Margot Robbie, just having a ball as uh she's she's kind of deranged in this movie you still love her but she is just like off the deep end when you first meet her and she never really uh she never really comes out of the deep end and it's just watching like how crazy can she get in this area? like hollywood is not a friendly place to people like that well, when does jean dujardin come into this jean dujardin, are you making a wolf of wall street comparison no i'm making a uh the artist joke <laughs> I still haven't seen the artist, but it's funny because when Jean Desjardins was in <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street, and this is basically uh, like De- Wolf of Wall Street meets Boogie Nights meets I don't know and Mank or something. Boy, it wants you to know it just from the trip. Well, and just not only that, <laughs> it actually features a couple actors who were in Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, okay. Ethan Supley pops up, and oh. PJ Burns. They were both uh, kind of Jordan Belfort's cronies in Wolf of Wall Street, and he like. He's basically doing Wolf of Wall Street in uh, 20s Hollywood, and he wants you to know it. He's wearing his influences on his sleeve. Like, it's doing all the whip pans, the crazy frenetic editing that Scorsese and uh, P.T. Anderson did. Um, And yeah, I forgot to say, the third kind of point of view we see this from is uh, Brad Pitt, who's like the current film star, uh, trying to... They're all transitioning into the sound era, and it doesn't it doesn't go well for any of them really but uh you've also it like it's an epic and there are other like there are other characters like there's a um like there's a woman who kind of writes the title the title cards for the silent films and she's also kind of got a double life you see it through her eyes if there's one area where it suffers there's also a um 
a black musician. He plays at the parties and he kind of eventually becomes a silent film he's star. He's a jazz musician. Right? He's a he is a jazz Play musician. Play, yourself, man. He wants you to know <laughs> played by he loves jazz. Uh, he loves jazz. Jovan Adepo, who I saw earlier this year in the uh 2020 remake miniseries of The Stand. And I he was playing a musician in that. He's playing a musician oh, in this. Larry knew he Larry. played Larry Underwood. That's right, baby. And um baby, can you dig him in? Yeah, he was great. In, that's the only thing I've seen him in, but he was great in that. And he's great with what little time he has in this, but he's the character that kind of suffers the most. He doesn't really, uh, like, he's the one that I feel like Chazelle kind of forgets about because he's just trying to do so much. Like, every now and then you're like, oh, yeah, this guy's part of the action. But it's still, I love big, sprawling, for lack of a better word, messes. It is a messy movie, but it's always moving it's always entertaining it is hilarious like i was laughing my ass off at several points uh darkly so often and i'm not really sure what else i can say about it i thought all the performances were great i thought the direction was great apparently i am a damien chazelle fan i never think of myself as such but i've loved all his movies like even whiplash which is a movie i never really want to watch again i always think back i'm like well, that's because that it, hates dad. That movie made me feel absolutely <laughs> miserable, so it did its job. So yeah. I, uh, yeah, I've loved, I loved uh, La La Land, love First Man, and I love Babylon. I'm always looking forward to his new films. Now, that's, I guess, that's all I got to say. On, there's, so, there's too much to say about Babylon. I, I've been talking way too long. Three hours long. I, there's probably a lot to say. Uh, I just want to say. Oh, it's my Elvis. Hayden, my good friend, has this habit <laughs> of describing that. something as my blank because uh, he doesn't shit. always he doesn't always agree with the masses. He's got his own like versions of popular things, but he was a big fan of Elvis, which I have a feeling we'll be talking about later. Yeah, you can so take my way to describe Babylon was it is to me what Elvis is to him, just the big energetic like sprawling entertainment epic of the year. Okay, so here's the thing, Mark. When I saw that Babylon trailer, I'm going to make a lot of jokes I've already made before, so you're going to have to forgive I'm me. I'm used to that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm a very uh, repetitious and tedious man. So when I saw that trailer, I thought there couldn't be a more annoying looking movie ever. It looked <laughs> very obnoxious, really not my thing. I was very confused by why the font is like <laughs> the colors that it is. And why the movie just looked I will not say, as sorry, I'll say one thing while you're on the font. As, okay. It, it, I mean, it has that same font for the title. First of all, it takes like 30 minutes for the title to show up in this movie. But when it does, it like kind of, I think it starts off wider, like that kind of cheap wider yellow that shows up in the trailer. But it slowly like dissolves into a red as this ominous music plays it's actually a pretty cool title reveal they did cool. it they did it good in the movie i don't get why it's bright pink and light blue and yellow in the trailer <laughs> but like so i'm watching it and from the trailer i'm just getting like it's a hollywood movie where they're like weren't we fucking crazy look at how fucking crazy we are yeah I'm like, i hate yeah. i hate hollywood now, after hearing Mark talk about it, he's really kind of selling me because what he's telling me, and I've heard from a few other people, that it's a movie that hates Hollywood. And I'm like, okay, I can get on board for that. 
because I also hate Halloween. The only other thing is, the only thing standing in my way is I also dislike Damien Chazelle. I don't like, uh, like Whiplash is okay. I really dislike La La Land. I didn't see First Man, but I just get that his sensibilities are very different than mine. However, you got me interested. And you have my attention. <laughs> I do want to say he mentioned the whole it hates Hollywood thing. That's very much the feeling I get, but it also kind of ends on a note of like, but aren't movies great though? <laughs> and I'm still conflicted about that ending. And honestly, if I was more certain about the ending, it might even be higher on the list. But the fact that it was able to make it on the list, even with that reservation, speaks to how how much fun I had with it. Well, I feel like and, that, um, Hay like, Hayden, you like movies, but you hate Hollywood, so that's something it might actually work. I for... <laughs> like movies. I don't think movies are like the end all be all entertainment or anything. I, I get I feel like the religious kind of fervor people talk about movies sometimes kind of bothers me, but it's okay. I, I just <laughs> I you're right though, Matt. I like movies, I really dislike Hollywood. I will say, but you also like toby mcguire i do love and toby mcguire i don't want to give anything away for like his <laughs> section of the movie but he is a delight to watch in this like yeah, at one point he out. gets to deliver the line we were gonna make movies together and it is one of the <laughs> biggest laughs i've gotten this year wow i'm glad he's back doing stuff like he disappeared from movies for a long time. So, yeah. Well, I think he came out for this one because like he, he did. hates Hollywood too. He did pop up in uh, the biggest movie of last year. Probably. I was going to say, yeah, but that and this, he I feel like, yeah. He did all, he's, he's more active as a producer and he did apparently produce Babylon. And I'm wondering if uh, he maybe did it because he was already producing and still was like man he'd be great for this character maybe he just really wanted to play that character i don't know he's fun well he wasn't in wolf of wall street but if i'm correct he was in leonardo dicaprio's little boys club back in the day he was he we, might we still be we don't need we don't need to go we don't need to go into that we don't need to talk if you saw the movie molly's game i feel like he is oh ho, ho. allegedly he, portrayed yeah by... if he is like that then he is uh he's a i mean he's a he's a piece of shit realizing <laughs> michael sarah yeah michael, michael sarah yeah he's like a. if that's how he is he's a monster but he's fun to watch on screen i was gonna say because i thought jesse eisenberg played him in that and i was gonna say there's no way jesse eisenberg's a better person than toby <laughs> uh, but yeah i've not seen babylon i forgot to mention i've been I was kind of sick. That's why I didn't go. See, I was going to see Babylon this morning. You want to hear me coffee on the mic. That's why I didn't go see Babylon. But the reviews have been so polarizing. They've been so one or the other. It's like, this is a fucking disaster. Or it's like, this is amazing. I'm like, why well, have to do that for myself? I got to see what's going on with this movie. So hopefully I will see it soon. If not, I will be enjoying it in my house for three hours and go into the theater. But uh, I do want to see it. It is one you want to see on the big screen. Apparently, it was uh, filmed for IMAX, but uh, you know, it ended up opening a week after Avatar. Oh so yeah, Zelda. I think he is absolutely no movies. We're going to get any IMAX playtime in the wake of Avatar. So I kind of feel bad. We shouldn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> <Being that. laughs> you know, give him give him one IMAX show a week. 
<laughs> I just think this little Chazelle guy, like, come on, just calm down. Now, in his defense, First Man was shot in IMAX. Now, I didn't see that in IMAX, but I wish I did because that, that movie, movie has some, space. That movie has, uh, <laughs> look, when you see Babylon, you'll be like, all right, I can see how it's better than space. It's about Hollywood. <laughs> All right, you know we've taken up too much time on Babylon. Wow, that I loved was... it, but for a movie yeah. that no one else has seen, I've talked about it way too. Yeah, much. Mark, we gotta stop babbling on. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Um. All right. Well, <laughs> number eight. What's your number eight? All right, my number eight, which I don't think we'll have to move on because Mark didn't jump earlier, which surprises me. That's not on his list, but Mark has just surprised me all over the place today. My number eight. Barbara Ann. What? I'm you, you. You know what he's saying, Matt. Barbarian. Barbarian. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> well, for the record, I would also say I'm surprised that it is this uh, low on your list. I figured, based on how much you liked it, that would be higher. Well, there's a lot of good movies came out this year. That's true. Wait, Mark, yeah. is it higher on your list? Or we Barbarian still... is not on my list. It's more of an honorable mention. What? Uh, the? It didn't even make the top. That is good. All right, talk about Barbarian, and then I will explain. Oh yeah, my number. On my one list. of my number tens, Barbarian. We talk about Barbarian yeah. now. So it's your. Oh, that was one of your number. 10s. That yes. that was before we were doing ties. That was the number ten pick, and then when I added Jackass Reverend X onto that, so it's still technically number ten, but it's part of that little. So basically, that I, didn't change anything whatsoever. I just got to mention the other two as number 10. <laughs> That's basically real what quick, Yeah, Real quick while it's on my brain. As good as the actual needle drop at the end of the movie is, how much funnier would it have been if it was Barbara Ann by the Beach Boys? It would have been so good. <laughs> okay. Earlier I said fall was one of the best theater-going experiences of the year for me. Barbara, <laughs> Barbarian was literally one of the best theater theatrical experience uh, experiences I've had in my entire life. Like, wow. <laughs> I think I've told everyone this, but <laughs> I put it in my letterbox review and everything. When I saw it, I took two friends who are not huge horror fans. One of them is very scared of everything. And so when the first big, uh, narrative twist happens he he seriously stood up and screamed which made me stand up and scream which made everyone else in the audience like lose their minds and by the end of the movie like it didn't come down from that for the rest of the movie we were literally like a roller coaster it seriously felt like one of those paranormal activity trailer uh, uh trailers where oh, they show the yeah. people in night vision because <laughs> People were running out of the theater. People were throwing their popcorn up in the air at certain jumps. And it was, I mean, it's a movie that just, it prides itself in delivering uh, twists in a way that not a lot of movies have. Like, almost forsaking what could be a better story in favor of, like, okay, just what's the next thing that people might not see coming? And it just, like, keeps topping itself over and over again. I had, I know on last year's episode, I kept annoying myself by just saying everything was a blast. But <laughs> this was the biggest blast I've had all year. It was so much fun. Richard Brake was a total surprise. Oh, oh, oh. And when he showed up, I wanted to like applaud. Um, 
what what did I have written down here? So I remember uh, Orphan First Kill came out earlier than Barbarian. There were like two people. I know where he's oh. going with this. There were yeah. like two people who said this, that. This is that bubble thing. This is that bubble thing. I saw people <laughs> compare. Or I saw two people comparing it to Malignant. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Orphan First Kill is not that crazy. Barbarian is crazy. And uh, I completely forgot. Oh, okay. So another thing is I saw like three people talking about the deep, dark, traumatic implications of the things in Barbarian. But to me, what makes Barbarian so great is that yes it has that stuff and you can find it if you look for it it's not very subtle like it's up in your face about it with a certain character who is not marketed you know at all no uh like it's kind of in your face what the movie is about however the fun to me about barbarian is that it it's a it's a big joke the whole movie Mm -hmm. is a giant joke and i just thought it was i'm so glad i walked in with knowing absolutely nothing about it but i'm so glad that i knew absolutely nothing about it going in and that i it especially didn't know who wrote and directed it because that would have given away the whole thing so i'm sorry for anyone who hasn't seen barbarian yet that i told you that it's a big joke and there's a bunch of twists and everything (laughs) wow it was so much fun you guys talk about barbarian I, I mean, I loved it. I, uh, I, yeah, surprised it was number 10 on my list because I'm looking at my list like, man, there's a lot of good movies this year because it was probably the biggest surprise of the year. Um, there is one other thing I'm going to talk about that almost surprised me more because I didn't know anything about it and I watched it like, I'm not going to like this. I thought I would like Barbarian, uh, but I didn't know what it was about. There's also this great thing about Barbarian where like nobody would talk about it in a good way where they're like, I don't want to say anything, yeah. just go see it for yourself. Like it was like yeah. a real, like, like a concerted effort to not say anything about barbarian even everyone like everyone was kind of in on it everyone was in on it i saw it like i was a little bit late i was at least a couple weeks late on seeing it and nothing was spoiled for me which was great because it just it just zigs and zags and like turns when you don't expect it and uh it's so much fun i do i mean not to not to beat up too much on like because a lot of horror movies now are about something you know trauma or grief or something Barbarian's not really about anything. You could, like but you said, hey, that stuff could it, be. It is, and if you want it to be. If you want but, it to be, sorry. yeah, yeah. But it's not like Smile really puts it like up front what it is. It's a or like monster. Yeah, a lot of these movies like put it like up front what it is. Barbarian's kind of like this is a fun, crazy horror movie. There's some stuff here if you want it, but it's not about that really. Mm-hmm. Which is like, which is just fun. It's just like a fun horror movie that takes you on a crazy ride. Um, Justin, I, I guess it's I, Justin Long's incredible. Like yeah. when his he comes name's in. on the we can stop acting uh, yeah, yeah. like it's a secret. His name's on the poster. They had a whole I didn't yeah. look at the poster. <laughs> I guess because I didn't know he was in it. They had a whole trailer where they just devoted it to like Justin Long being in the movie. So I think Wait, really? The, yeah, yeah. There was like a second trailer that was like cut funny where it was like I, I try to it was like him driving on the it's like I that introduction it's... scene is great. I want to watch so that trailer good. now. So it's a, it's like a funny, like they're kind of saying like, Justin Long is blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like trying to do this whole <laughs> separate thing. And then, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. It's a blast. I really loved it. Uh, it's great. I don't, I don't know what else to say. I think Hayden said it all pretty well. So, um, and I, I don't think we spoiled even, there's so many surprises. If you haven't seen it, I think it's still on HBO Max and uh, it's well worth yeah. watching. So 
yeah, that's all I have on Barbarian. So, I mean, I love Barbarian. Look, this we've gone off on the fact that this is a great year for movies. We've said it over and over yeah. again. I like, can't blame anybody for leaving stuff off, really, because it's like I, there's so many good movies this year. There are a lot of movies, <laughs> even in my honorable mentions, I have above Barbarian because, quite frankly, I had a blast. But like, I every time I watched Barbarian, I had a blast while watching it. But like immediately afterward, it kind of it just kind of leaves my mind immediately. I'm just like, that's a great time. Part of it is like the whole uh, don't know, like, let, like, do not learn anything about this going in. That kind of became the whole shtick on this movie. We kind of had that same thing last year with Malignant, except we didn't really do that. People just kind of said Malignant is awesome. I, I went into Malignant just kind of expecting like something and then getting something else because I went into this knowing that it was one of those, you don't know what's coming around every next corner. I was kind of expecting more of a malignant feel. And so it didn't surprise me quite as much as malignant or like other movies. I kind of went in with that mindset. So I was just like, all right, this is going to get pretty crazy pretty fast. And I it guess I did. saw it early enough that I didn't even know that there was going to be a thing we shouldn't talk about. I had like, I'd <laughs> seen a couple of reviews before oh. it opened, like oh, saying, okay. I like, don't know anything about this going in, oh, okay. which is kind of, I mean, again, that should that should be every movie like movies are spoiled way too much nowadays like i feel like there are a lot of movies that would work more if they didn't just give everything away in the trailer but for some reason this is like the first movie where the marketing team was like no let's actually do this but ironically there is a more like there was a big well i don't know if it was big there was a bigger horror film that came out later this year that surprised me even more than barbarian no, we're gonna talk about it later i was not expecting anything <laughs> that movie did. Uh, talk about a lot and it wasn't even and that yeah. movie was not like great like kind of preface with the whole uh we don't learn anything before going into this one That's um true. but i mean it's a great it's a great time like first off the filmmaker first i knew that it was zach Kreger, so i knew it was a comedy guy going in so i was kind of expecting that mm. But because of that, I was also caught off guard by just how impeccable the filmmaking was. Like, it's shot so beautifully. Like, honestly, it feels like the first filmmaker who, like, is influenced by James Wan. Like, it's very insidious the way it's shot at the, uh, especially at the beginning when it's kind of trying to, uh, you know, hint at what possible horrors could lie within this house. And it's just like, it just feels like a great slow burn at the beginning, and then when when they go in the basement, it just it just pops off, and it's a it's a great movie. It's a great time. Like again, I feel like I have to defend. Like I feel like <laughs> I have to defend my love for it because I didn't say it. Like a lot of these movies this year, I love. If I had one complaint, it's the uh, the kind of where Justin Long ends up. I kind of wish that it had gone a little like down a different road with that character because that was like the second so you didn't it, like the joke the, i saw it coming and like the way he says it it's kind of like all right come on <laughs> like i was i i was just like when they introduced the plot line with his character i'm just like okay i know exactly where this character is gonna end up like there was no surprise like even when they kind of like are hinting at where he, he might go a different direction in the end i'm just like no nah, this they don't want <laughs> this character to have uh 
I, again, I'm trying to talk around it because yeah. I still we, know. We know. We don't, don't know say anymore. We know what you're saying. <laughs> Let's just say I feel like I knew that it was going to end up there. And the way it played out, it was kind of fun, but it was also kind of like, yeah, whatever, man. I knew that you were going there. <laughs> I, whatever, I know exactly what you're talking about because it happens to me with a lot of movies where I am actively trying to stay. We're not even trying. I'm just actively one step ahead of the movie and can kind of guess stuff. Uh, before it happens well and also let me say because like when i thought it was gonna go in a different direction i liked it because i like i like the journey that character goes on yeah so where he ends up it kind of just felt like it was a like in the way they do it it was kind of a cheap laugh way to just undo all that and i was like uh whatever but i mean it was still i mean it's still satisfying it's still a satisfying well, movie i just want to say for some reason with barbarian it's like the first time in a long time that i was just along for the ride was not thinking outside of whatever was happening mm-hmm. on screen in the moment so when he was like people could change i used to be a piece of shit or whatever and <laughs> the whole time i was like oh i'm, I'm not gonna say anything we, we know what we're talking about <laughs> all right well yeah no i we all like barbarian even if it's on our top 10 we all liked yeah. <laughs> like it's a tough year there's a lot of like, competition i feel like i have very i feel like my complaints are very petty i feel like i'm gonna get more shit than either one of you guys so well, i'm not gonna get any shit because i'm not on twitter so <laughs> no, you'll, you'll get shit in the discord you'll get shit oh, on okay. instagram um then i don't know i i feel like this year was more about choosing like what do i like more than like oh this has problems it what it wasn't even like, oh, I think this is worse than this. It was like, I like this better than this. So yeah. uh, it was tough. It was tough. Um, okay. Stuff. So that was I your number see, Yeah, there were a couple of like big kind of time jumps or uh, scene or uh, setting jumps. Like oh, yeah, the yeah. Justin Long one was great. The Richard Brake one was great. Yes. And the re- like the reveals of everything that's going on, it just, it's all so much fun. I just, again, there were a bunch of other things I was a little more satisfied by this year. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, t- all right. That was Hayden's number eight. So now we're on to my number eight, which may get tabled. I don't know. Uh, my number eight is Jordan Peele's Nope. Yeah, that's going to be tabled. Okay. <laughs> that's going to be tabled until right now because my number seven is Nope. Hey! See, he just cucked you, Matt, because now he gets to talk about it. I mean, we both can talk about it together. <laughs> yep. Okay. Um, Jordan nope. Peele's Yep. look nope was great you see nope kind nope did kind of give me that feeling that from like that barbarian feeling if i don't know everything that's going to happen in this and that that wasn't a movie that was really marketed as much i thought you were talking about a different horror movie that came out later the year well actually i was talking about a different one but uh, (laughs) i just remembered this one suits that too because the second trailer for Nope actually does give away quite a bit of the movie but it still doesn't give away the central conceit like, when we find out exactly what the monster is in this movie... That it's, it's a monster? awesome. It's horrifying. <laughs> the scene, the reveal itself is, like, stomach-churning. Like, yeah. this is a great kind of, like, crowd-pleasing horror movie with which features some of the most upsetting imagery I've seen in a while. Everything with Gordy, which... Is more of a thematic connection (laughs) to the plot than a flat out, like, it ties directly into the events that are happening. Oh, straight up thematic. It's, uh, yeah, it's nothing (laughs) else, but it's still, like, I love it because, I mean, this movie opens. This is a movie that's been advertised, like, in 
a sci-fi horror blockbuster in the middle of summer and it opens with like a chimpanzee on a sitcom set having just like murdered a couple people and like severely disfigured one and it just like this chimp that's covered in blood is just like slowly walking around and then it just like looks up at the camera and then it cuts to the titles and from that moment on i'm just like don't fucking know what i'm in store for that's one of the most horrifying things i've ever seen and it gets even more horrifying once we actually see what happened in that scene and then it gets even more horrifying where after uh daniel kaluuya and kiki palmer who live on uh their uh well daniel kaluuya lives on this uh, horse ranch where his uh recently deceased father they uh, basically rent out horses to movies uh for stunts and stuff and um Basically, they, they're, they like, kind of being terrorized by this force. They think it might, like, they don't know what it is at first, and they think it might be a UFO. Uh, there's also Stephen Yun, who kind of runs this little amusement park down the road. He was a former child star, and uh, now he's just run this amusement park. He's kind of up to some stuff involving this creature, this thing. And it just, I get, here's the, I'm still, it's fine. <laughs> It's everyone's fucking seen milk. It's I know, got like seven hundred thousand logs on Letterbox. I'm still trying to talk around it, and I feel like even with how much I'm talking around it, you you'll still be satisfied with the reveal. You see, this reveal got as much as I love Barbarian. This reveal got me more than any of the reveals in that. It's like very disturbing. It is yeah. so <laughs> disturbing, and I actually watched it again this week. Because the first time, I think I was just so focused on the events, I wasn't focused on, like, the sound and the scenery. But I I had subtitles on, I had to watch it at kind of low volume, but it's like, you can hear the people screaming after it's left the amusement park and is terrifying yeah. them at their house. So, like, you can still hear, oh my god, it's, like, so disturbing to think about. But it's also just a fun Spielbergian sci-fi adventure monster movie like in the it's like jaws meets close encounters is basically what it is uh and the perform the performances are great the filmmaking is immaculate like there's pretty much there's not a bad thing i can say about this movie really i just matt why don't you talk about it because i feel like i've been hogging the spotlight because i put it higher because <laughs> hey, said you cucked me on it no you're fine i'm glad you liked it too i i feel like uh I'm looking back, I'm looking at the ratings now, and I'm looking at, like, how much money it made, and I'm like, is this kind of, like, an, is it, was it kind of underrated by people? Because I feel like, uh, I just, I don't know, I feel like, I watched it again, this, just the other day, and I thought, for, like, the first, I don't know, hour-ish of the movie, I was like, man, is this actually gonna make my list? Is it gonna fall off? There's some good stuff. But I feel at that last, like, 30-ish minutes, where they kind of execute their plan to, to tackle this, uh, thing i won't say what it is but like is so good and like i think jordan peele's filmmaking has gotten so much better over the past three movies um it's well, a big it, spectacle. it helps that uh sorry i don't mean to cut in but i do that a lot so i guess i also don't care. cucked the man he uh <laughs> like he's working with hoyt van hoytema who's uh nolan's dp and he's using imax oh. cameras so he's like he's definitely working on a I mean, us and Get Out already look immaculate, but this is just like he's playing on a whole new level with this one. <clears throat> All the stuff they shoot in their valley where the horse ranch is looks amazing. Like, um, I, it's such a good looking movie. It's like it's so the ending is so exciting and so satisfying. I feel like 
Um, love the and cast. It's partially because yeah. the characters, they, this is something I, I don't know. When I was watching it, I kind of thought, like, you know, when you're watching like prestige movies, the characters don't always feel real. They very much feel like ciphers. So the prestige filmmaker can just like, have I don't know people I don't always feel like I'm watching real people when I'm watching quote unquote prestige movies which I mean Jordan Peele's like one of the biggest filmmakers working right now so I'd call his movies prestige movies even though they're not ever released in prestige season but his characters they feel real like uh Kiki Palmer and Daniel Kaluuya they feel like like you feel like these are real people working on this ranch uh just doing these jobs like they're not they don't take themselves completely seriously, especially Kiki Palmer. She's just like, she's a maniac. She's but, just, uh-oh. While we're talking about actors, <laughs> I truly know and hate the optics of a white person singling out a white person in the cast, but it was so nice seeing Michael Wincott in the movie again. Oh, it was just nice to see him, yeah, back in a movie. Yeah. I feel like I everybody, everybody, everybody in the movie's really good. Like, the, the, there's not really a weak link that I can remember. I just love Michael Wincott so much. And he's he gets to use the, you know, his great American accent again. Like he's I don't know where he's from. I think he's from the UK, but he he's like from like the underworld. But <laughs> but like Apparently he's just he Canadian, on, is what I'm reading. But yeah. <laughs> oh really? I don't know. I thought he was UK because I feel like I, when I see him in interviews, he anyway, he gets like his voice is just like there's a particular cadence to his voice that is so pleasing the to hear. This is called evil. <laughs> but he's not, he, that's the thing, he's not evil yeah, in, not this. in this. Like, he's he's like, no. a, he's just, he's probably the least real person in this yeah, movie. He's like, he's the most, he and the yeah, he's the most city guy. Ridiculous. Well, okay, see, I actually, yeah. I would disagree because I feel like the Circuit City guy rang very true to me. Actually, well, you live Fr in Austin. Fries, electronics, let's get it right. He is very. <laughs> And he was actually, he's actually my MVP of the movie because he plays that kind of like, just that, uh, I don't know, what what what's the word I'm, I'm looking I'm surprised for? your boy isn't the MVP of the movie. Who's my boy? Has a cameo at the beginning. Oz Perkins? Oz Perkins, yeah. Oz Perkins, I love seeing Oz Perkins pop up in this. I love I mean, who seeing... Who is he in this? He is he's the director the at the very working beginning. Working on the... Uh, oh, I did, Wow. So, also, Ocean's Eleven's Eddie Jameson pops up in that uh, shoot, too. A lot of great actors popping up there. But, like, I think his name is Brandon Perea. He plays the Fry's Electronics guy. And he's just got this, like, he's got the slacker working the, like, just working a day job down. And he's, like, clearly so bored. And then when this, like, once this little, uh, this opportunity to maybe, uh, see actual ufos pops up the way he's like casually trying to work his way into the plan is so perfect and that's why I, like it works great as a comedy too like jordan peele like even though he's making a horror movie it's very funny i feel like i'm not saying anything sorry i just love <laughs> nope so much that i feel like i'm starting to drone of course it's funny the guy made us and get out and those are both very funny while horrifying movies yeah it's still really funny uh and also uh, relating to your comment about you feel like it's underrated i do feel like it's not it wasn't talked about as much as get I out think and that's us just a in the COVID like, thing maybe but COVID, i mean come on covid's <laughs> look COVID's we're, over we're but on... like we're still living in that 
world. But or... I base most of this talk on like Twitter, film Twitter, or like yeah, maybe we're back in the bubble again. Yeah. And these people <laughs> still go to movies. And these oh, okay. people were talking about Nope and Get Out like crazy when they came out, but they're not. Or, sorry, Us and Get Out, but they're not focusing on Nope as much. Anyway, I don't feel like I've said a single thing about. I feel like I've just been word vomiting for all these movies, and the higher we get the more that's going to happen because the more I love these movies, it's, yeah, it's a great time at the movies. I, nope. Yeah, I just felt like it was Jordan Peele trying something bigger and different for him, and I thought he did a pretty good job with it. I mean, he was pretty open about, I think, being influenced by Jaws and Close Encounters, and, like, yeah, it's definitely his Spielberg thing, but still through a Jordan Peele lens. And I want to call out Steven Yoon because he had one of the funniest things. I laughed so goddamn hard at this quote. He's talking, talking Chris Kattan. Talking Chris Kattan. <laughs> because it's no, such Chris a Chattan. specific niche nailing. reference to begin with. And like, I'm like, this joke is for me. Like, I'm like, about he's like, and he's like, so into, he's like, and then he's Chris Kattan. Like, he's just so and into he's praising. he's just crushing it. <laughs> yeah, he's crushing it. Like, he's just so, oh my God. It made me laugh so hard. Um, Daniel Kaluuya got a little flack, I think, for his performance. People thought he was what? like, low energy i'm like he's the character. Like greatest him. no no no. he's the greatest portrayal of my friend growing up alfredo i've ever seen in a movie <laughs> literally like yeah. like my friend come to life that's the character and he, i think he says so much with just a lot of looks in this movie look hot take i think he's even better in this than he is in get out wow he really nice. sells the kind of frustration but also dedication he has while working in this line of work I keyed in it to it on this viewing, but he's up there with like Clint Eastwood and Harrison Ford in terms of I'm like he can sell grumpiness with like the simplest <laughs> he look. Yeah. He's he's yeah. I really I I really like the movie. So it's it's pretty great. Everybody in the cast is I think is good. Um yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um don't glad that worked a, out. Oh sorry. I don't oh. have a ton to say about Nope. It's probably my barbarian in that I really liked it. It just didn't make the list because I like a lot of movies this year before it's the only jordan peele movie i really love i feel like he finally nailed it for me and i can't even think of like a big criticism about it i just i really loved it i loved what i thought it was going to be i loved what it what it actually was even more i guess the only criticism i'd have is that i think it's stupid that it all becomes about a big camera at the end but like <laughs> uh, like so that that jordan peele thing kind of annoys me where the metaphor just becomes the whole thing in the end. But I will admit, it feels stupid to criticize a filmmaker for having too many ideas. So I'm not going to do that. Nope I mean, was really yeah. good. It just didn't make my list. I mean, that's like the third movie on my list that's had too many ideas. <laughs> um, I will say, I like. I want to focus in on one of the most horrifying things that happened in a movie this year. And I was kind of talking about this with our friend Houston the other night. But the little girl who works on that Gordy set, who just has her face oh, just I don't destroyed. even want to go into it. It makes me sad. They showed oh. her. That was one of my favorite things, like, about that first trailer, was they showed all these weird images, like her or the guy wearing the reflective motorcycle helmet. And I'm like, how is all of this going to tie into this movie? Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then when you find out this her story and how she comes back later in the movie just to get... It is like so it's fucking so disturbing it's yeah. so sad and it's about it's funny because it's a big spectacle movie about spectacle and then steven yoon's character went through that as a kid and then is making money off kind of exploiting something else as an adult it's just all this there's it's all this good cycle. stuff in there 
Yeah, it's a cycle, and there's all this good I, stuff in there that you can enjoy the movie without really getting into that stuff. Absolutely, yeah. I thought I was going to be able to watch it with my parents until that scene happens, and it it happens to pretty much exclusively elderly people, children, and disabled people. And I oh, was yeah. like, oh, my mom would not be cool with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's bad. the Gordy yeah. stuff is bad enough, but then you throw yeah. that in there. Yeah. That's actually the thought I was having, too. Like, my parents would probably enjoy this if not for that stuff. It's just, <laughs> it's really good, though. Re- very good horror movie. Like, when you talk about horror, like, getting under your skin and not just being, like, popcorn entertainment, like, this is a great mixture of those two sides of horror. Yeah. Anyway, that's uh, that's Matt's number eight and my number seven. <laughs> okay, so I'm curious now what Hayden's number seven is. All right, you got you boys ready to get caught in a trap? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> number seven, number seven. Yeah, and he talked about this more than any other movie this year. I which, know. I don't wow. feel great about it being this slow, <laughs> but there's just so many good movies. I'm guessing this is the highest it's going to be on anyone's list. Aiden, uh, what's it's the, the only list it's going to be on. Aiden, what's the title of that movie, by the way? Oh, it's uh, it's uh, Elvis, but I affectionately <laughs> refer to it as Helvis Yesley. <laughs> because that's exactly how I felt watching this movie. Oh. Uh, I, I'm just a big Baz Luhrmann fan. I know not everyone is. People on this podcast, um, even. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, even people on this podcast, even, even the host of this podcast, is not a huge <laughs> Baz Luhrmann fan. I have loved every movie I've seen of his. Still haven't seen like two of them, I guess. But um, I was looking forward to this movie since it was announced. Uh, looked for I was uh, it was high on my list of things to watch. Saw it opening night. Had a great time. It's an absolute mess. Uh, <laughs> totally get how people can't take it seriously. But I think Baz Luhrmann is one of the few people who knows that m- sometimes more is more with movies. And he's one of the few people who delivers on that. And, and it actually works for me. Um, I really don't have that much to say about it. I just love Elvis. So. I, I like I've seen two of his movies and I like Baz Luhrmann I I don't love him but I can't I can't dislike <laughs> a filmmaker that goes as hard as he does yeah and um yeah I I loved Elvis it did kind of like fall a little for me when I like thought back on it but that's partially because I'm just you know no matter how energetic they are I'm just not a big musical uh or, uh musical biopic guy yeah even with all the like tricks that he threw to this one to make it unconventional, like at the end of the day, it's still like two hour and 40 minute musical biopic. And it definitely ran a little long for me. I've, I've learned like, like it more if it was about Hollywood. Look, I, yeah, look, <laughs> we have had this discussion where we can tolerate <laughs> long movies <laughs> if they're about things we like. Yeah, completely understandable. And yeah, I liked Elvis. I thought Austin Butler was great. I thought Tom Hanks was having oh my a God. ball. Tom Hanks Doing is the amazing. As the little, villain. little children. I can't do that. Aiden doesn't ah, We are two odd and lonely children. <laughs> itching for eternity. Oh, such an insane oh, performance. This will make you happy, though, Hayden. I think you already know this, though. I really liked Elvis. 
this is the only Bosler movie I actually enjoy. You don't uh, like uh, Moulin Rouge, do you? Oh no, I. <laughs> it maybe. I oh, absolutely that's right. despise. I still gotta watch that. Love I don't even Rouge. like seeing clips from it. It makes me <laughs> physically. Oh no, I, I just. I don't. Let it's love too, too much. It, this is the. It's just the first time I thought his like wild excess actually like worked because he puts that energy toward a what could be a standard musical biopic and like propels it along at this pace mm-hmm. that's like it's two two forty, but it's like I think it flies by. It is so gauzy, uh, like it's it is so, so gaudy, gaudy <laughs> and flashy and tacky, and it's like. That's Elvis, baby. That's yeah, why that's, we love Elvis. That's perfect for Elvis. I'm not an Elvis super fan, but I like him enough. He had an interesting career, interesting life. I like a few of his songs. I thought Austin Butler was amazing as Elvis. Like, um, there's those when they when they juxtapose those scenes of actual Elvis and Austin Butler Elvis, it's like sometimes you are like, wait, which one's which you know, it's like it's crazy how much he like feels like he's possessed by Elvis, not to be cheesy, but um Tom Hanks doing some insane thing that I actually kind of enjoy. <laughs> like it all felt part of this big crazy stew, and I was yeah. like, I'm I'm here for it. I oh he had a stew going all right. He had a stew going, baby. Stew. <laughs> you got yourself good. a stew going. Um, I really shocked how much I like. If we're doing like a top twenty, it'd be it'd be in there somewhere. I mean, I really really liked Elvis. Well, <laughs> like, uh, we've already broke the rules. I guess we can do a top twenty. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, we can't go back. But uh, yeah, I I was so hesitant to this, and then I was like, I want. I want to see this Elvis movie, and I really, really enjoyed it. So, good pick. You know, I will <laughs> say, if it had been a little shorter, it might have made my list. Because it had, like, I loved the energy of that movie. It just, it definitely got to that point where I'm just kind of like, all right, end already. They had to fit <laughs> all 56 songs on the soundtrack. Into the movie, <laughs> I will say, I like, as a horror fan, I love seeing Olivia DeJong, or however you say her name, from The Visit and Better Watch Out pop up as Priscilla. I thought she was as great. Elvis's teenage wife. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh boy. I like that they uh, just glid right over it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he had some things that happened in his life that weren't great. They kind of skid over, but, you know, yeah. uh, it's an entertaining music biopic, which I don't normally like, but it is, he he puts on the afterburners. I, I feel like they just I'm shot sure a bunch of cocaine into the movie <laughs> and just, it just fired it's away. It's a cocaine movie, all right. Yeah. It's good. It's... <laughs> all right, anything else on Elvis? No. I love okay. it. I, I just don't have a lot to say about it. The, the funny great. thing is the rest of my picks, I feel like they could all be tabled or we could match. I don't know. I feel like this top seven for me is like, this is a great, I'm really proud of this top seven. <laughs> like, I love oh, these yeah. movies. This is going to be tough. Uh, Let's see. All right. My number seven is The Batman. Yeah, we're going to have to table it. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Table I love all this crossover. And we're going to have to go back and count exactly how so much crossover because I do feel like I'm... Uh, <laughs> getting up there okay so now we're on to my number six your number six yeah all right for my number six we're gonna have to go north man oh okay wow <laughs> talk about it okay yeah, i uh, about it, yeah look i've made no secret that like the further away from the 20th century a movie takes place like the harder it is for me to get into it and it has to that's less to... this is about fascists no i'm joking i <laughs> like fascist i I I like the present day i like the recent past and i like the future so like the further (laughs) into the like the past the movie takes place it's gotta work harder for me to be interested and oh boy did this movie 
pull it off. This was one of the movies that I uh, like did a mad dash to catch up on in the past month because really? I didn't see it in theaters because I, uh, you know, as much as I love Robert Eggers, like I'm just like I'm not a Viking movie guy. So it kind of took a lot of effort for me to be like, do I really want to go see that? I'll push it. I'll wait for another day. And then I just never got around to it. And then one night I was just like, what 2022 movie should I catch up on? You know, I'll try The Northman. And from the get-go, I am just, I am there for Edgar's style, his visuals, his ridiculously nerdy attention to detail. I love how simple the plot is, but then there is like one little scene with Nicole Kidman later in the movie kind of throws mm. a kink into the simplicity. Ooh. And I love how... <laughs> I love how complex <laughs> it gets. It's just like a movie full of masculine, angry masculinity, which is pretty much what life was like back then. It was just a bunch of and angry now, men. Am I right, ladies? <laughs> uh, these like everything in it is <laughs> top notch. The cinematography, the production design, the performances. Like I very much believe. I just. I don't even know how this is where we're really starting to devolve into word vomit. I just I love <laughs> that movie so much. I just I thought it was awesome, disturbing. I loved the uh I loved Alexander Skarsgard. I loved Anya Taylor Joy. I love pretty much everyone. Ethan Hawk, like he is not the type of guy you would expect to play like a, a Viking king. And then the more we learn about him, it's even less likely the kind of guy to play him. It's just, oh, I'm, I'm monopolizing the conversation. I love the Northmen. I am, it took me a couple of viewings to, like, I always loved The Witch and The Lighthouse, but it took me a couple of viewings to really come on board for both of those movies. This one, I was on board from the get-go, because it is, like, I mean, it's his most mainstream movie because it had a big budget and it was released wide, but it also just, like, content wise it's kind of the easiest of his to get on board with it's kind of the simplest there's a lot of mythology and weird stuff that i love thrown into it but i don't feel like it's as hard to grasp as maybe some of that stuff in like the lighthouse mm -hmm. all right i'm gonna go first matt because okay. i don't have a lot to say about it <laughs> all right <laughs> okay robert edgars out of all these like 824 people people coming out of 824 he's like my guy i love robert edgars the Witch, and especially The Lighthouse, they appear. They way appear. <laughs> I love The Witch, and especially love The Lighthouse. Do ye? A deed. <laughs> the, the Northman, I was very excited for it. Not a big Viking fan, uh, but the trailers looked great. I loved, I loved specifically that they look at this culture for, from the um, religious aspect and take that 100% seriously like he did with the witch. He was like, okay, so this is a story told from their perspective. So 100% of what they believe is true. And he does the same thing with the Northman. That's really cool. There's just something about it that, I don't know. It was like, it's a great movie with a lot of great things with, with a lot of great parts and moments but man when it just becomes about him hanging out on that farm and like hiding the sword i don't know how much <laughs> i care but like no i love oh, how he's just like sneak just, until he can get his chance to kill his uncle he's just like sneakily 
screwing up everything on that farm, just like killing by night, just it's, however many people he can. It's interesting. It's definitely an interesting way to uh, take the movie. I just thought it kind of ground to a halt. Uh, but Anya Taylor Joy is like a Viking witch. Pretty cool. Um, yeah, uh-huh. I liked a lot about the movie. Didn't love it. It's funny because Hayden just basically said everything I was gonna say. <laughs> like I was like, "That's how I feel." Oh, there was a point early in the year. This came out like in April, right? Like pretty early yeah. in the year. Yeah, where I thought birthday. opened the oh. same day as the unbearable weight of massive talent, and oh. almost opened on the same day a year before uh, Salem's Lot, which is never gonna come out. Oh, <laughs> maybe one day. <laughs> Warner Brothers gonna get their shit together and it'll come out. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, I, on, early in the year, I thought Northland's going to happen in my top 10. It's going to definitely be the top 10. And a bunch of other movies came out, and it got pushed out of the top 10. But but I like the Northman. It just, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's definitely Robert Eggers has some weird touches, but it is his most mainstream thing. It was so funny. I went to go see it, and it was like a shocking amount of like dads and their sons. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. it was going to be like Conan the Barbarian or something. I think it was kind of advertised that way, like. This is a Viking revenge movie. Like were they laughing like, yeah. when the kid and Ethan Hawke were farting in a cave? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, he loves. Farting. I mean, I it is. <laughs> it is very. It's kind of the ultimate dad son movie because it's about a son getting revenge for the death of his dad. I gotta stop uh, talking about. I love, I love. No one can see this except for me, but there's like it's occasional points where hated points to the TV to Mark. Like, look at this. Because well, Mark does this thing <laughs> where he has a movie playing on mute in the background. I never do this because I get so distracted. I do so too. Every time Lewis Dodgson comes up on screen, I have to hide it, or I'll just start laughing so hard. How much time we got left in this? Yeah, yeah we still got a little bit more Dodgson. It's a long, to go it's to. A long movie, um, and we're watching I, the extended cut. Oh Jesus Christ! I tried to I tried to watch a movie one time doing a podcast. I had to stop playing it because I got so distracted. But um, it's just anyway. insane to me how there's 18 main characters in this movie and none of them die. Sorry, <laughs> keep going. That's true. Um, but yeah, Northman's really well made. I I kind of worry like with a he might turn out like Damien Chazelle where they gave him all this money to make this movie and I don't think it did that well. Where he might not get that money again. That might have been his one like shot in but 80, you know what ninety million dollar movie. Of... How many people in this world don't ever get that shot? The fact that well, yeah, he got it's... one is kind of a miracle. And he just did his thing. He just made the nerdiest possible Viking movie he could. This guy makes me want to be a history nerd. Like more than yeah. any other <laughs> filmmaker, like dabbles more in historical stuff. He makes me want to go and learn about He makes doing the research seem fun because he researches <laughs> great stuff. And Knock on wood, but I think he's finally making Nosferatu. Oh, I think I heard oh, that. Oh, finally. <laughs> With Anya Taylor Joy and Nicholas. No, isn't it Holt? Lily Rose Depp? Yeah, they replaced Anya. Oh, I thought, okay, something happened where they got replaced. The, the schedules didn't work out for who's that really good actor? That's a great hint. Uh, from <laughs> Don't Worry Darling. He's a great actor. Oh, oh God. God, Harry Styles. He's never done music. Uh, Harry Styles, yeah. Um, so. Harry Styles didn't work out with him and Anya Taylor-Joy's schedule conflicts. So now it's Lily Rose Depp, some dude, and Bill Skarsgård. <laughs> I thought it was guy? Nicholas Holt. It's yeah, Nicholas guy, Holt and Holt. Bill Skarsgård okay. and Lily yeah. Rose Depp. Okay. Well, I'll take it. Uh, so, I don't know. I like Northman a lot. I'm glad Kinda you like it. Kind of sounds like Nosferatu at home. So. <laughs>
yeah, I guess I guess that's all I got to say about the Northman. Loved it and was I was shocked by how much I loved it. I did not think that was going to make the top ten. And then and it just your... like shot up to number six. I think so. That's your number six. Okay, Hayden, what's your number six? My number six. All right. It seems a little blasphemous <laughs> to be talking about the king this low, but I got Top Gun Maverick in those. Oh, you well, got to table that. Let's table that, <laughs> baby. Again, amazing movie. Amazing movie. I'm just saying I've seen five movies that I liked even more. Understandable. That's how good a year it was, I'm telling you. It's like, great. Uh... You know what? I'm, going, I'm taking back. Earlier I said that this year was good, not great. This year was great. This year yeah. was great. I'm I, looking at this list. This yeah. was a great year. I have a feeling Hayden might table this one. My number six is little guy named Steven Spielberg's The Fablemans. Let's talk. You about don't. It, you don't know Hayden oh. that well. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he gave if it. If we like... were just, if yeah. we were just talking about the trailer and the ending, I'd make you table that for a while now. i thought i thought you gave it like the same rating i did on letterbox was like four and a half stars with four. a heart oh four, no, four okay four with the heart. that does change things okay yeah. well all right i'm the only one who has fablements on my list all right i'm surprised uh fablements number six um uh, spielberg's back baby he's back <laughs> spielberg uh, was never gone let's let's I stop mean, acting like that he went was out a to thing. pick up a pizza <laughs> for the kids he's back. he was briefly does who's seen bfg did you guys like BFG? Earlier this year, I made it my like mission to catch all the Spielbergs that I haven't seen, and the only one I ended up watching was BFG. <laughs> That's the only one. And you know what? It's fun. Uh, it's fine. It's a decent. It's a fun little kids' adventure movie. Right. Maybe Hall I misspoke when I said he's end. back, but I do <gasps> like that he's. Wait, what? <laughs> Is it Big Rebecca Hall? What? What's Is Big Re- Rebecca Hall? Rebecca Hall. It's not Big Rebecca Hall. Oh. <laughs> Rebecca Hall pops up in the final act, or I guess more the second half of BFG. And who doesn't love seeing Rebecca Hall? I love Especially because that's a movie where she gets to be happy, and that's pretty rare for her. I was going to say, that's that's rare. I had an honorable mention with her that she's not happy in. I was like, I wanted to watch that. I didn't get around to it. It's pretty great. Um, Okay, well. Iron Man 3 came out a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh... Uh, yeah, I mean, okay, so he wasn't gone technically, but I don't know. I this I feel like the, he the movie out last year West enjoyed Side the Story. most of him. He did not. West Side Story was wonderful. I feel <laughs> I, like I don't even have to watch the original. I still haven't seen it. You, you know, I feel like musicals. I, it's a boring I saw musical. The... I love musicals, and I do not like West Side Story. Sorry, Daniel. <laughs> there you go. Uh, okay. <laughs> Fablemans, I don't know. I just love. I'm not usually in like family dramas, but I think the fact that it's Spielberg telling his own life story. I think he said it's semi autobiographical. I'm like, Stephen, mm-hmm. come on, this is just autobiographical. Yeah. Uh, and I feel bad. I said a bunch of stuff. I said like two weeks ago with uh, um, Carmelita and Preston, but um, it's yeah, basically the story of him as a kid growing up, moving around with his parents. His dad's a computer guy, very like you know stuffy, kind of like very logical. His mom's is free uh wheeling artist woman who just you know they they, they're not a match on paper but yeah just him growing up with these parents and dealing with them and his mom has some stuff going on like on the side yeah the (laughs) the joker the most Um, evil villain in cinema we can talk about that a little bit but she does some things that are not cool uh (laughs) just and i just watched that spielberg documentary on hbo like a year ago maybe less and uh 
I mean, I knew all this, a bunch of this stuff already about his family. And then yeah. to watch him tell it is fascinating because I feel like he, especially with his mom, kind of like the way he portrays her is interesting. It's like he's kind of like making peace with what happened, I feel like a little bit. Yeah. And uh, well, I think um, a lot of people, uh, and I don't know how cool this is to do this after people have died but i've seen a lot of people talk about his mom as if she was uh maybe suffering some a sort of illness that we weren't aware of until recently right. a lot right. of people think she was probably bipolar or had a uh, uh, multi-person i i, I don't yeah, I don't. I, it, I, it did seem like something like that was going on, but they don't say it in the movie because I don't think they knew at the time. So, yeah, um, yeah but, that's definitely it's 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 a vibe I got. Yeah, there's. I didn't even mention this when I was talking about it before. Was I love all the movie making stuff? It's just so fun. Like of him coming up with ideas of like making a little movie on the cheap with some guys from school. Like, how does he do like explosions? Oh, I'll put this board in the dirt and you step on it and like you know blows you know looks like it blows up. Yeah, that stuff's f- super fun. The ending, Hayden, I talked about a lot, is amazing. Uh, ending is maybe, if we were just talking endings, favorite ending. Of, are we favorite... talking about a particular scene that <laughs> comes up at the end of the a, movie? A particular scene and then a specific camera movement. The best yes, ending. Of yes. Okay, that that was great. I like but that. all all of that. The cameo is amazing. Uh, uh, it's my just that ending is my favorite ending of a movie this year. I don't know. It's tough. It's, it's so like good. I I love it. It's I. I it, the emotional stuff, I, I wish it kind of hit a little harder, like, with his parents and what happens with them. But maybe that was because I kind of knew where it was going already. I don't know. Like, I th- there's a family next to me who seemed like they knew nothing about this being, like, about his family or his story. And they were all, like, weeping by the end. So, I, you know, it's like <laughs> certain parts, they're just crying. So, uh, I, I maybe it's a cold-hearted bastard. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I love The Fablemans. I thought it was great. Uh you know spielberg being spielberg it's well directed obviously it's just it feels very much from the heart and i'm sure it is and it's still got this whole thing about being a kid who's passionate about making movies and like it's an amazing sequence in the middle that i wish i can somebody called it like his like de palma blowout sequence when he's a little oh. i'm calling little spielberg is editing <laughs> this movie and putting together what's going on <laughs> Fun fact. So I I watched The Fablemans last night, finally. Uh, it was part of my little Christmas Day prestige marathon. <laughs> and because I had been up so long yesterday, I kind of dozed off during that moment. He did not oh, see that's... the De Palma uh, montage. Now, I was, aware to, I was aware of what was going on. I was able to piece things together, but I didn't get to watch the, the moment where he finds out, which apparently was this everything. great little yeah. sequence. And that it's... bums me out. It's an amazing sequence, and I was watching the theater, going, "God damn, this is, he's putting his own looks like his own personal Zapruder film." <laughs> he's like, he's just piecing it all together, and like, oh my god, like the revelation of what's happening is is inter- is very uh, well done. I thought, um, yeah, it's just good. It's just a very very good movie. Um, really enjoyed it. So yeah, Fableman's number six. That's really all. I'm to glad say someone it. put it on their list. I mean, I, yeah. Hayden and I both wanted to love it. I will admit. It's one I probably got to think of. whenever I doze off during a movie, even if it's for the <laughs> briefest of moments, I just feel like I'm always missing something and I can't rate it that high. I do need to watch it again. <laughs> oh, I did love it. Yeah. though. It was, it's a great movie. Besides the cameo at the end where that person comes in and kills the cameo. Judd Hirsch comes in, and has a scene in the Whoa. middle. Oh, so good. Like, and Family. Judd Hirsch is like ah. 90 years old. <laughs> yeah, it's like comes in and crushes it for like one scene and just leaves. Yeah. <laughs> 
so good. Um, and I feel bad because I kept calling Little Spielberg as a joke. But the kid that plays, um, Sammy is his name, who is basically a young Spielberg. Uh, Gabriel Labelle, that kid's great. He was like, I great. Didn't, I, I didn't give him enough that. credit the first time. Um, and that we, I can't remember more to say. That weird scene Hayden and I talked about. I was going to say we can't not talk about the scene. Though. Okay, what? Well, I'm curious what this was. You, you'll know exactly. Yeah, if you, yeah, the scene near the end of the movie where. Sammy, little Spielberg, uh, like has one of his bullies like confronts him about how he puts him in a movie, and it's just this weird. <laughs> it's this weird scene, but it's like you could read it. I sent, I think I sent you both, or just Hayden, a thread of like different ways people were interpreting that scene and what it could uh, mean. And to Spielberg, was just like it's a thing that happened to me as a kid. I put it in a movie. Like so he's not overthinking. I, I, I love like his. Was... I love him talking about it because he's like, he's like, look, read into it all you want. This is just something that happened to me. It stuck with me for some reason, and I'm putting it in the movie. Look, I felt like it was, uh, it was like Spielberg, even from that age, was so good at making movies that he made this kid look better in that film than he could ever live up to it in just real life. It seems so weird that a kid would openly grapple with that and like scream about it out loud in a hallway not, yeah <laughs> not reflect on it years later it's like in the moment he's like why'd you make me look like superman when i'm not superman he's like and i'm like what i don't know going on i I, like, I loved oh. it i didn't i didn't but i, I love this scene it's, it's a, a great, great scene, scene and it's open to interpretation which makes me like it more than so like what the? it's weird but i'm like what the fuck was that but in a way of like i like that it makes me think about it reflect on that scene yeah. so um yeah fablemans at number six i'm glad it I, was on here i somehow. really like the fablemans it's the classic story of Hayden wanting to love an Oscar movie <laughs> and mm -hmm. it not being as sad as Hayden thought it was going to be. <laughs> I wanted to just cry my eyes out the whole time. Yeah. And instead I, I was like, oh, this is very charming. <laughs> I <Stop>. understand. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was my number six. We got, we're, in, we're in the top five now. Top five. So. Okay. And I will say everything from this point out onward out onward could have been my number one but here's the thing i'm a i'm a big rewatcher. i really need to rewatch things to kind of solidify how i feel about them and i only got to rewatch one of these movies because i was too busy catching new things like every one of these things could have rated a little higher but because i didn't get to rewatch them i just had to kind of go with my gut and i will say originally instead of the three-way horror tie i was gonna do a two-way tie with these next two one of which I already know we're going to have to table, okay. and that is Michael Bay's Ambulance. Yep, you got to table that one. <laughs> My number five, I honestly don't know if we will have to table this. Sounds like nope. it didn't make Mark's list. I don't know if you even watched it, Matt. <laughs> um, the Banshees of Inishirin. Oh, You got to table that. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprise anybody i, I thought all right look I'm, we're getting to this point i'll just say the dramas a <laughs> lot of great dramas this year <laughs> they're not making they all they're all honorable mentions because the blockbusters were just so good but anyway, <laughs> banshees is an honorable mention i'll say that okay so we just tabled both your number fives yes and i'm almost your number five almost positive we're gonna be tabling this for sure my number five was surprising myself uh avatar the way of water yeah we're hey, tabling we're... it <laughs> Now, and... hold on. We just said dramas ain't making it any higher. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you want to talk more tabling. Uh, Top Gun Maverick is my number four, which would have it. originally been tied <laughs> with Ambulance for the 
two-part movies my parents would have taken me to see in the 1990s uh, spot. <laughs> I mean, I the great double feature in the 90s. Uh, yeah, we got to table that one. So, okay, your number four was Top Gun. Hating your number so four. confusing. Okay, number four. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, keeping track. It's all going to shake out. I'm worry. keeping track so you don't have okay. to. Number four, thank you. <laughs> my number four. It was my number three until, <laughs> like an hour ago oh okay i had i had to, I had to switch Ooh. around and i almost want to make it my number three again and i apologize to daniel epper, epper. <laughs> it's kenneth brano's death on the nile wow that's an honorable mention i knew I, it wasn't gonna actually I, well, I never saw it i'm sorry <laughs> i'm gonna break your heart that was for a brief moment on my list so but it was between this or Halloween. Look, ends. there were a lot of movies way, in that top. Up. Like, like from numbers oh. eight to like fifteen are all kind of tied. So I can, I had to make some tough decisions. Look, talk about Death on the Nile. Look, I know <laughs> where. Well, stop. Look, listen. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sorry. This is the best part of Jurassic like... World Dominion. Uh, when Dutch. Okay. All right. All right. My number four was Death on the Nile. Mm-hmm. Look, I know we live in a world where Ryan Johnson is saying that he's the All biggest. Right, save the talk. <laughs> for <laughs> look, look, he's saying he's the biggest murder mystery fan around. He's not saying that, but he's saying <laughs> we we live in a world where genres like westerns and murder mysteries. They just don't really exist anymore. Those genres are dead. They were huge for a long time. Now the only movies in those genres that get made are movies that are commenting on those genres. And Kenneth Branagh is just m- making the murder mystery. <laughs> like he's just doing the thing with with new school flair and flash. And I guess the one thing I have against these movies is that they don't actually go to the locations. It's all CGI. But but the CG is nowhere near as bad as people oh, made it out. I'm not saying it. it's bad. I'm just saying if we're talking about escapism, part of the fun of these things, like the old James Bond movies, would be going to these exotic locales and seeing them like, oh, wow, cool, interesting. I, ju- and- I just want to say one thing. If you're the type of person who earlier this year, there was like a viral tweet about how bad the green screen and cg were in death on the nile if you were the type of person that retweeted that and said (laughs) absolutely nothing about the cg in black (laughs) panther wakanda forever i just i would like i would like i'd like to have a discussion with you i'd like to discuss this okay rant over keep talking about death on the nile okay me along with everyone's ants, are going to be first in line for every Kenneth Branagh uh. Poirot movie. I love his take on Poirot. I love that it's just a superhero version of Poirot. It's the character I most want to be. He's very cool. He's got a deep, brooding, mysterious background. He's got a glorious mustache that better come back in the next one. And... <laughs> Talking about movies that could easily be my number one of next year, Haunting in Venice, Poirot at Halloween, 
Cannot oh, wait. I'm amazed how quickly he got that out. But I guess this yeah. was originally supposed to come out in 2020. So. This was long delayed, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> this was like, yeah. I cannot wait for a haunting in Venice. I love this movie. I love that it's all about love. Um, I don't care that the uh the actual uh killer is rather obvious if you think about it for half a second. I I don't know, man. This movie just works for me. It's old fashioned with with new flair. Um, I think everybody looks great in it. It's one of those movies that I enjoy the style over substance uh, uh, about it. And sorry, I, I'm word vomiting at this point. <laughs> I love Kenneth Branagh. I love that he loves life. Um, there's a <laughs> moment in this movie that breaks me there's a line delivery there's three line deliveries this year we're going to talk about two coming up the one for this movie was when kenneth branagh is talking to the new black panther <laughs> and he says <laughs> i was going to be a farmer and he chokes up i choke up hayden cries when poro cries death on the Nile. uh death on the Nile is my number four I I love how much you love these movies. Uh, I I almost watched Death in the Nile just because I know how much you love Death in the Nile. That would be the only reason I watched it. <laughs> but also, funny enough, filled with the most like cancelable cancel. I can't say the word. Very canceled yeah. cast of. People. Okay, hey, hey, hey. Okay, okay, man. We talked about this last year. Let's try and not. We did. I'm sorry. Bits. Also, I'm sorry to bring up bad things. Right? What's the what's the Gal Gadot line everyone made fun of too? Besides the bad CGI. With enough <laughs> champagne. It's what well, yeah, well, I'm not sure why people singled out that line. It was oh, no, uh, it really I mean I it did stand out, but I, I still want to watch that. I still want to watch it. Um that's funny Ryan Johnson said that about murder mysteries. I feel like that genre could come no, back. He, he, I was putting words in his mouth. Oh okay. he loved <laughs> all he says in interviews is that he loves murder mysteries. He grew up on Agatha Christie, but watching his murder mysteries, we'll we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Okay. But I uh yeah, I, I just think that's a genre that you think would do better because, I mean, it's not it's not like it's true crime, but true crime is so popular. So a yeah. murder mystery could be like a cousin to that, you know, yeah. Um, I'm just. Yeah, but I, I was looking it up. I was like, oh, did that do well? And it made a lot of money. But then I saw the budget and I was like, well, it cost a lot of money, too. So uh, I, don't know yeah, I went like. opening night. There were not a lot of people there. I think it did very and well. And they also accidentally <laughs> started playing Moonfall, and I had to go tell them they were playing the wrong movie. Moonfall, hey, you're playing Moonfall. <laughs> Wait, Taylor, we're going to talk about Moonfall the theme. a little bit. Oh, Jesus um, look, oh. Death on, I'm going to, like, I'm going to talk carefully about Death on the Nile because I'm going to make a lot of comparisons to another movie that we still haven't talked about. I cannot believe that that movie is this high. I, I know you can't. I'm not looking forward to having the conversations with you afterward. I don't even hate it. It's fine. I'm just You gave it a three. Design. You hate it. Did for I give you, it a three? You gave it a three. For or maybe you, too high. For you. <laughs> but you, did you give I, it a heart? Never, did I you give it a heart? talk no. enough on this podcast for how much his rating system infuriates me. I'm really, I, okay, I don't want to put you on the spot, Hayden, but I'm really blown away by your rating system because there was something the other day that I called, what did I ask about? And you gave it like four stars and a heart Tilbury. or something. Yeah, and I was like, oh, you must, oh, you said it was like one of my favorite discoveries of the year. And then I look on Letterboxd. Two like, and a half with a heart. I was like, what? How is that one of your favorites? Because it's not a great movie, but it's so <laughs> wild and crazy. I love it. Oh, 
I just laughed. Right. It was just like so comic. Okay, I don't have I don't have anything else on Death of the Nile because I didn't see it. But yeah, well, Mark... I did see it, and you probably <laughs> talked longer about it than I will. But I did love it. I did mention earlier that it was on my list for a while. I look, I love movies that do kind of postmodern spins on the murder mystery. I also love classical murder mysteries. Like you, you don't get to see star-studded movies like this that often. Like star-studded kind of classical stories, just old school plot structures formulas that really appeal to older audiences kenneth Branagh is making these movies for your grandparents and he's getting a lot of stars to go along with him for the ride and i just like he he's such a romantic at heart especially he with these movies he is just having like he just he's such a sincere filmmaker and these are very sincere movies and i love him for that like it literally opens with an origin story for his mustache <laughs> that is filmed so beautifully and treated so sincerely, and I love it. And the whole the whole cast is having a ball. Hayden, uh, like Hayden was talking about this earlier, how like the yeah the reveal for who the killer is isn't that satisfying. Honestly, I kind of had this uh, thought recently. I think it's satisfying. Well, no, I just no, no, think no. you see it from the lobby. All I'm saying is in movies like this, in these whodunits where everyone's a suspect, I really don't think there's ever like an answer that's going to truly satisfy everyone because like it's hard to surprise someone when everyone has equal reason to be the killer. I think honestly the only solution that's really surprising <laughs> in this regard is like murder on the Orient Express because that really does like kind of yeah, that, that goes in a unique direction with who turns out to yeah. be the killer. And yeah. I feel like that's the only way you can truly or like not like knives out where it completely turns the whole structure of the mystery on its head and still somehow manages to deliver a murder mystery. But we'll be talking more about that later. Okay. I okay. <laughs> I just I love like I loved going to watch a star-studded old school murder mystery on the big screen earlier this year. And yeah, I love Death on the Nile. I think one of the sexiest things I've seen in a movie this year oh, is uh, oh, Emma baby. Mackey and Army Hammer dancing. It's oh like, my god! It's a PG thirteen movie with a very like close to R rated. I gotta dance get out scene. of here. <laughs> oh man! Um, all right. I, yeah, I don't know what else I can say about Death on the Nile. I had a great time with it. That's all I'll say. All right. My number four. Are Aiden, you moving you, on? You still might get me to watch Death on well, the Nile. We were at your number four, Matt. Yes, my number four, which I believe was Hayden's number five, The Banshees of Inishirin. Yes. Uh, well, let's five. talk about it then. I, wow, not you. Did you see it, Mark, or no? I did, yeah. Oh, he okay. saw it. I, uh, it's it's <laughs> an honorable, it. I loved it. It's an okay. honorable, it was one of those, like, five movies that could have been my number eight through 15. Fair enough, fair enough. I, this movie, I didn't even know it was, like, happening or coming out till it was basically, it was out. And then I was... Like, well, people were raving about it. Um, it popped with HBO Max like very quickly. I feel like it was HBO Max within like three weeks of me hearing about it being in theater. <laughs> so I was like, mm -hmm. oh, okay. Uh, it came out like it came out at the end of October, beginning of November, but very limited release. And then, yeah, like mid December is when it hit. HBO Thank God Max. they threw it on HBO because I wouldn't have got to see it unless I bought the Blu ray. Yeah, I mean, I missed it in theater. But I mean, you would, you would have bought it anyway. Yeah. 
<laughs> this has got to be like the biggest surprise of the year for me because I didn't. Yeah, first of all, I didn't know what was happening, and then when I put it on, I was like, "All right, here comes some didn't know dr- Irish saying. drama," and it was like, "It's pretty feckin' good. Uh, it's pretty. <laughs> it's like, feckin' funny, man. Feckin' good. Uh, I kept it's calling it different good. names. I was like, the Banshees of Inertia, the Banshees of Ed Sheeran. I was like, what? It's like <laughs> the Banshees of uh, Ed Sheeran. That's yeah. it. <laughs> uh, but no, it's uh, all aside. It's really great. I this is gonna probably shock you more than anything. I've not seen any other. No, I take that back. I've only seen one other Martin McDonough movie. It's not in so Bruges. I saw no. I saw uh, three billboards. A movie that everyone loves, right? <laughs> I, yeah, I guess. But I no, I love it. But I know everyone. There, I feel on like there's is. been. Uh, I mean, the movie was already getting some quote unquote problematic talk when it came out, and that's only increased. In the and I'm sense. just not in my. I'm not just in my bubble here. Everyone hates that movie. <laughs> it does feel that fact. way it does feel that way but um yeah he's not a director i follow that much but I-, I thought this was great i thought uh it really somehow mixes the tones really well between being funny and being dramatic and some really heavy shit happens <laughs> that i was shocked by i was like oh he really did that thing that he said he was gonna do i don't want to give it away <laughs> but yeah. i was like oh shit he really did that um colin farrell's amazing i mean really the whole main cast is great colin farrell brennan gleason carrie condon barry keegan, keegan? Barry keegan. yeah Broke that scene it's been going oh, around oh god heartbreaking scene with him and carrie condon uh it's a beautiful scene uh there's a lot of beautiful scenes Wait, and funny scenes. i didn't see, which scene was that i didn't see what okay was going so i'll go ahead and, i'll go ahead and say it so <laughs> Earlier, I said there were three line readings that broke my heart this year. The first ah, one was okay. Kenneth Branagh. I was going to be fucked That one killed me. <laughs> Second one in Banshees of Inisherin, where he proposes. Oh no! He lets him down, and he says, "Well, there goes that dream." The way he says it, it just crushes me. Mm-hmm. I'm very satisfied to hear this because for someone who enjoyed the movie Eternals and has had to deal with Hayden I mean, making fun of Barry Keegan for the past year, his Joker performance is one of the funniest impressions. Okay, he's, to he, do he, ever. He's, he, uh, we don't need another Joker, so that was pretty funny when he popped up <laughs> in a movie we'll be talking about soon. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, so yeah, I just it caught me completely off guard with uh you know just what it was i was very into it. it's this great thing about like the, you know when you break up a friendship how does that go and i just i would be colin farrell in this situation if like a friend was just like i don't hang out with you anymore i'd be like constantly like, why why won't you want give me a reason i need a reason like yeah. it would drive me insane absolutely if my like, i don't want to hang out with you anymore don't tell me why and then even when he tells him the reason it's almost worse when he tells him yeah. why i don't want to hang out with him because that drives him more insane um it yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I it was like the surprise of the year for me. Um, I loved it. I don't know what I'll say, Hayden, it was on your list. So, you know, what else do you want to say about it? Um, I think it was alternately the funniest and saddest movie it, I saw all year. Yeah. <laughs> now I didn't see the whale. That movie will probably make <laughs> me more sad. But uh I love the Banshees of Inishiran. I there's there's a few movies on my top 10 especially my top five where when i'm watching them i'm like i want to be there i want to live there one of them is the boat on death on the nile the other is something (laughs) we'll talk about soon 
And then this little village on this little island off the coast of Ireland, it's oh, gorgeous. All you do is walk everywhere. There's little rock, there's little <laughs> stone walls everywhere. The hills are like lush and green. Um, it's just such a beautiful little movie. My um, theater professor at the college I attended was really into Martin McDonough. So we did a few of his plays. So I was familiar with them then. And from there, I sought out his movies. So I've seen all of them. And I'm a big fan of Martin McDonough. And this is, while I really like all of the movies that came out before, and I even kind of love uh, Three Billboards, this is the first one of his movies that really touched me emotionally the same way that uh, a movie called Calvary that Brother Made did. Oh, and yeah. I haven't seen any of John Michael McDonough's other movies. He just, had a candidate for this year that none of us watched. I know, but judging <laughs> from all the trailers of his other movies, I'll get around to them eventually. They don't seem quite up my alley the way that calvary was calvary was one of those movies that i just think about every day it really profoundly affected me and so um banshees of minasheeran i feel similarly about i think about it all the time i only saw it like last week but <laughs> it's a movie that's really stuck with me and i know is going to stick with me a lot longer that's how I feel about it too. I just saw it like, yeah, a week or two ago and I keep thinking about it. So um, yeah, I loved it. It was great. Um, I'll, okay. I'll talk about it quickly. I, I feel like I don't love Martin McDonough as much as everyone else does. Like I really, I, I, I really like in Bruges. I really like uh, three billboards. I think this is my favorite movie I've seen of his though. Yeah. Partially because I, I mean, Look, as someone who has a constant fear of, hey, am I going to die alone someday? <laughs> this like, uh, yeah, the idea of losing friends is very, it's very upsetting. And a movie that like just deals with that head on, it was like simultaneously hilarious, upsetting and enraging. And yeah, I'm not comfortable to admit exactly how much I would sympathize with Colin Farrell, even at his darker, darker moments in this movie. I think it's completely understandable. It's that was his yeah. best friend. Yeah, it's it's they are <laughs> it's so, not a big island. Isn't a lot of options. You know what else are you gonna do? <laughs> they are so good. Like the way that Colin Farrell plays is kind of like simple guy who's slowly just becoming more and more irritated, and the way Brendan Gleeson just plays that like old age malaise and how he just wants to be alone mm -hmm. they're both so good carrie condon is incredible as yeah. the fed up sister who's like taller who's like tolerance is slowly running out for all this bs barry oh, keegan yeah. is heartbreaking while also hilarious as mm -hmm. his story what he's got going on in his life is just like it's so casually thrown in there but it's so dark right and Something it's just Sorry, oh, what ahead, sorry. <laughs> I was gonna say something happens with Colin Farrell and Carrie Condon, his sister, later in the movie that broke my heart. Oh my god! I don't want to say what it is, but um, and right she makes after a choice, that, basically, and yeah, right after that, something else happens that just makes it even more depressing. Like it's it's a great movie, but again, just to, we it's a great year for movies. So this is just an honorable mention for me. And yeah, there were a lot of times when I juggled having this in the top ten. 
All right. So that was my number four. Because your number four. (laughs) Okay. Well, we can finally, finally talk about another Barry Keegan movie that we just referenced Matt Reeves, The Batman. Ah, wait. Okay. Oh, okay. (laughs) I, again, this, so this is a movie that. This is your number three. This is my number three. It was my number seven. So I yeah. thought this was your number one for the longest. So I love this movie. I think in terms of mood and atmosphere, this was maybe the best movie I saw this year. Like it's the closest a superhero movie is going to get to be in a horror movie. Just the this Gotham, it feels like he's yeah. very much in. I think you're forgetting about Morbius. All right, <laughs> shut up, shut up. This That's Gotham, my number one. It's Mormon time. No. <laughs> Mormon time. It's Mormon time. <laughs> I don't know. This Gotham kind of feels oh. like. Imagine if, like, the crow, the city, the city from where does the crow take place again? Or is it kind of? I think it's a nondescript city. It's just imagine if that city, like, from the crow, had a baby. Imagine that city took seven. over New York City, <laughs> and that's kind of the vibes I get from Matt Reeves' Gotham. Uh, Nolan and rain all the time. <laughs> Nolan's Batman trilogy is like a holy grail trilogy for me. I love all of them. This is like almost there is how much I love this. I, I even think the score, the Giacchino score, which is, well, kind of repetitive. I still think it's like even better than the Zimmer scores from those movies. I just, every now and then I'll just find myself humming. Dum, 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 dum. <laughs> Such awesome music. The I just see this is the one where I can't say anything coherent. Like I saw it <laughs> opening night, and I haven't been able to coherently explain my love for it since then. Just whenever I start thinking about it, I'm just like, oh, and then this happens, and then and then the Riddler duct tapes, and then the, <laughs> the Catwoman she jumps off a building, and Colin two two Keegan Farrell movies in a row. I just oh, realized yeah. we're talking about because Colin Farrell is having a ball in this movie. Watch where you're going, sweetheart. <laughs> it's a great, it's such like it's a great mixture of over-the-top comic book sensibilities and like real life horrifying mm-hmm. crime scenarios, I guess is how I put it. I think Pattinson is great as the moody teenage Batman. Oh, oh my god. What what do I want to the reason it's the another, best Alfred too? All right, shut up with your freaking alfred hayden's go-to comment in this is what is alfred in this movie what is he what is he what he's taking on a bigger hand because the guy that he's watching over the guy he's butlering for is too busy being booty man alfred's got to run the company nothing from alfred in this movie they even have a maid like he's got to run the company i don't think it's that hard Uh, i will say i do think it, I do, I'm still not 100% sure how the final act works. And that's why I wanted to get another rewatch in. Because my only rewatch of this movie has been with Hayden and our friends with them just making jokes the whole time. <laughs> that's not an appropriate <laughs> second watch. Also, I think I mostly watched that one on my phone because that's where they were casting it to Discord. But I do feel like it runs a little long and at a point where you think it should be over, it pulls the poltergeist and it's like, oh, wait, this isn't done yet. And I'm still not 100% sure how I feel about that extended climax, much like I'm still not sure how I feel about the ending of Babylon. But in terms of just 
sheer filmmaking and capturing a mood on screen like movies are more than just the story like they're very much like just all these overpowering feelings that you can experience when you watch it that was a very overpowering movie i loved it had i rewatched it that could have been the number one i mean yeah i loved it i wish i got a chance to rewatch it because yeah it's very it is a long and i have the same kind of complaint you do mark if i have one nitpick it's like it kind of feels like at a point it should be over and it keeps going to this extended climax, which is like, I mean, a good climax, and I will but it's admit, like, yeah. The lead into that climax, like they basically show it in the trailer. They show the cops like swarming that little di- that little coffee shop where the Riddler's hanging out. And so you're waiting the whole movie for that to happen. Cause like, if you guys are like me, they showed that trailer like every time you went to the movies. Yeah. What happened before that? What do you mean? It's like the opening of the trailer. It's all no, the... no, no, no. I mean, what happened? You're saying this is the extended climax. So, like, they capture the Riddler, and then it still leads See, into that three times. I don't... Okay, it still <laughs> leads into that extended, like, kind of disaster movie climax. Yeah. Oh, so that's the extended. That's yeah. the part that I kind of have. I'm still not sure how I feel about. What was it. the yeah. climax? Climax. Okay. Well. Okay. This is not okay. That would be the climax. But when I was watching it, I felt like. The everything in Falcone's your movie clock club, is uh, running. Everything yeah. that happens in Falcone's club when they're trying to take him down felt like the climax, okay. and then yeah, it turns out we got another one. But yeah, watching the movie like you're waiting for that, and then they you find out it's oh. not over, which is kind of satisfying because I'm loving the movie, but it's also like okay, I feel like this has been going on long. How long is this next portion gonna last? <laughs> So I'm still conflicted, but I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, Matt. It's just, it's a movie that fills me with joy and also questions. I, <laughs> I mean, I love it. I uh, have been a Batman fan since I was, you know, five. I don't know. When I was watching the animated series and I think I've been thinking more about like the character of Batman this year because of this and Kevin Conroy passing away. Oh, I feel like. R.I.P. I know that one hurt. And uh, I feel like. The problem that they get into with Batman is, like, everybody wants Batman to be, like, a real badass and, like, just this, you know, I don't know how, like, just a real, like, cool badass figure. And they forget that he has, like, a, he's human. He he hangs around with, like, Superman and Wonder, all these super-powered people. And then he's a guy in a mask. He's very vulnerable. He's human. Um, And I feel like the movie is a good... Because I'm like, what are you going to do with Batman? We've done so many versions of Batman. And it's like, this is a good version of, like, very young, like, angry Batman making that journey from, like, he is just, like, a guy that beats the shit out of people and people are scared of him. Uh, even, like, normal people are scared of him. And then to the end of the movie, like, it kind of charts, like, oh, now he's kind of finding, like, oh, there's other ways I can be a hero to people without, um, you know, just beating the shit out of criminals, like, because he's yeah. actually helping people. And uh, it's a good chart of like badass to more like humane Batman of like, oh, right, there's other ways to help people in this city besides just beating the shit out of criminals, um, which I really enjoyed. Pattinson's good. I, he's a different kind of Batman. He's like, he's playing it like we're weird, like he's real a sexier weirdo. Batman than we've he's, ever had. He's a sexier Batman. No. We can uh, get him working. <laughs> he's <laughs> real weirdo Batman. Um, Zoe Kravitz is great as Catwoman. I love I, Colin Farrell's like doing a good thing where it's like, yeah, the whole thing is it's a it's very dark and very serious, but also still is like, yeah, this is a comic book movie. Um, 
because there's some over the top shit that happens and Colin Farrell's kind of over the top. And like, except like the most meme thing I saw all year with Colin Farrell, like, why, why are you showing me that? We show me. That? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's greatest detectives. Now, to it. be honest, Batman's a complete idiot in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, the, the okay. riddle is that's the, the riddle, riddle is like that's the one rat thing with wings, and he's like, sounds like a penguin. <laughs> like, Shut up, you one. That's idiot. the one thing I have think they have not been able to really capture well with Batman is that he's the world's greatest detective, and I feel like no one has really shown that on screen that well. They try, but it's, it's like, like a, remember when the code is like a website or something? I mean, come on, come and, on guys. Oh, I do love too that. Batman and Gordon actually like team up a bunch in a movie for once because usually it's like yeah. Batman pops in and he's like oh he disappeared again but they actually like act as partners almost and I, I love their right. I love their dynamic, their dynamic is there's great. there's one moment where like everyone's kind of against him and they're about they're about ready to arrest him and oh Jeff, yeah yeah Jeffrey Wright like goes let me talk to him and he's just like he's pretending like he's talking <laughs> tough to him when he's just like get you out of here man yeah. <laughs> with the the escape from the police uh place <laughs> is really cool there's, there's a lot of great sequences in this movie it's it's pretty great um how so wh where was yeah. this on your list matt this was my number seven which i'm <laughs> talking about it like it's to be higher but that's how many great movies there were this year so i think if i had a chance to rewatch it it may have gone higher but i literally only saw it the one time in theaters but it's I mean, yeah. it stuck with me, but yeah. Um, I have a habit of making fun of people who let other people affect their opinions on movies. And I need to eat some crow. Because when I rewatch movies with my dad, no one can change my opinion on a movie than, <laughs> than like my dad. I don't know what it is. Because I saw this movie, I was like, that's cool, baby. I gave it four and a half stars at the heart. And then I kept thinking about it and it, I did start having some problems independently, but when I took my dad to see it and my dad was not vibing with it, I was kind of picking up on that. And I was like, oh man. And it started kind of affecting how I watched the movie. And then he gets up and goes to the bathroom during the, um, the Batmobile chase. And when he comes back, I was like, you missed the Batmobile thing. And then we we like leave the movie. He goes, wow, there was no action in that movie. He was, he was, he was like, that was, that was the first Batman movie oh. I've ever seen with like no action. And I was like, well, you went to you went to the bathroom during the, the Batmobile. And he goes, there was only one action scene. And I was like, yeah, I guess. Well, there were some right. fight sequences, right? I mean, these, he beats them up kinda, in the club. I, mean, I, I don't know. Like, it was it was doing something a little different with. I don't know with that kind of thing. I, I don't know. I don't know. I see. I see I will, the point, but it I will give it this. I love the Batmobile. It's the first Batmobile that I'm like, I want to drive that. That thing is cool. It is. It's cool. like, <laughs> it's so it's so good. Um, and I will say I will uh, agree with y'all that it really nails a certain vibe. My problem is, is it? It's just that one note. The whole the whole movie and i don't really like the movie at this point i it's okay um i really like the riddler and i really like the batmobile those are the things i really like from, from and the penguin the penguin's <laughs> pretty good but i've gotten to the point where like the riddler is my favorite character i think paul dano is great 
he is he's good at playing a little weirdo. That's why it was so weird for me to see him he's as like a little freak, he normal, was... da- no, normal dad in the uh, Fablemans, and he's always like usually like a little freak. So, he... <laughs> um, wait, so that was okay. Now, that like, was now I am my lost. number three. <laughs> okay, right. so Hayden, what's your number three? We may have to table this. I don't know. Uh, my number three. Gonna, we're gonna finally learn what the way of water is. Yeah, we're gonna have to table that. <laughs> oh shit! Okay. All, right. Um, All right. Wait, is that? <laughs> wait, Matt, I forget. Is that higher on your list? That was low. That was number five on my list. So it's Ooh, Avatar geez. Two is number five on your list. Yeah. Oh wow. See, I'm confused. I'm <laughs> it's all right. Uh, well, it all it all shake out. Come out of the wash. They're saying, I think. Uh, anyway, so uh, okay. So we got to table your number three, Hayden. My number three, I don't think we'll have to table because I think it already came up. Uh, my number three is ambulance. I think we, we've all, I think we've all brought that up. At Where this did you point. play it? That was my number five, I believe, and it was my number nine. Yeah, is this also the first one to make all of our list? I think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, ambulance. Uh, and a damn good one to do that <laughs> man god damn it i love this movie i this is i it's funny the michael bay uh resurgence for me over the past like year has been pretty pretty good because i watched two michael bay movies never seen before that i really really enjoyed armageddon in 13 hours and i was like this guy's pretty good and then i watched ambulance and i was like <laughs> this guy's pretty good that's pretty good uh because i you know i like most people had soured on him after five transformers sequels or whatever five transformers seething over i'm sorry mark i know uh, but, i'm used to it i mean <laughs> i just want to do something different you know it's like yeah even if it, even if they've been better than you know if i like them more i've been like spread your wings a little bit michael do some other stuff um and ambulance of course i would love it because it as people pointed out including myself that it, it's a lot it feels like a it could have been a tony scott movie i feel like it definitely could have been directed by him later period tony scott um and i feel like it's I mean, michael for me bay. that's just all that's just all michael bay movies though like their <laughs> styles aren't exactly the same but like michael bay was clearly influenced by tony scott and oh I feel yeah, like yeah. You, you see that influence in all of his movies well that's yeah that's very true uh but this one specifically i think it would have been like the themes and like i think i was reminded mostly of unstoppable because it's two guys in kind of a run away it's not a chase and it's necessarily but it always chase but you know it's that kind of vibe of like i don't know there's just a different thing michael bay seems like he softened up too in his older age i feel like this is like his most i don't know sensitive is the right word but emotional like it's not there's a lot of that michael bay humor that's not there that people had problems with like his kind of like uh uh what would you call it he has some bad jokes of his movies but i feel like that's absent from ambulance um like the performances are great uh Especially Jake Gyllenhaal, it's like kind of unhinged. I love it. Uh, watch, I rewatched it recently. Um, Isaac Gonzalez, I thought was like stand out more than before. Um, she's great. Uh, I always, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I hope I do it right. Yaya Abdul Mateen. I, I think I, I think it's pretty clear how to pronounce okay. his name. I can't see any <laughs> other way. <laughs> Unless it's like Yaya Abdul Maten. But that's like purposefully messing it up. I mean, that would be purposely messing it up. So, um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it is just a goddamn fun, exciting action movie. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, uh, sorry, mine. It's okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. You guys can go ahead. Uh, Mark, what do you want to say about Ambulance? 
Oh, man, I just, I loved it. I mean, Bay's one of my boys. I'm going to go watch everything that guy does. Like, I even watched half of Transformers 5 in theaters. (laughs) So, I was... I was thrilled and on cloud nine for the entirety of this movie. And it's just, it moves like a freight train. Like the second it takes off, it just does not stop moving. Uh, You've got three great performances anchoring you to this thing. You've also got a lot of fun supporting performances like Garrett Dillahunt as the uh, lead uh, (laughs) cop kind of chasing after these guys. And he's got a big old dog with him, which I love. (laughs) Love that dog. You've got a Kira O'Donnell from Wedding Crashers is like an FBI guy, I think. That blew my mind when I figured out it was the same guy from Wedding Crashers who was like, I'll be in my room painting. I was like, that's that guy? The weird kid from Wedding Crashers? Sorry, I had to bring that up because I like it just completely when I found that out. Yes. Yeah, so. Oh, fantastic. Oh. Um, also, the woman, I forget her name, but the woman who's like kind of running the computers, who's like working with Garrett Dillahunt the whole time, like she's great. She's got a lot of great lines in there. It's just, it's, it's fun. It's funny. It's dramatic. It's adventures. It's why we go to the movies. <laughs> and if I had to pick a theme for like my top, I don't know how many movies, it would be why we go to the movies and uh and yeah Dylan <laughs> hall is unhinged but he never feels like he's going so far over the top that it doesn't feel real right yeah. uh, i think he and yaya play well off each other because one of them is like the unhinged madman and one of them's like grounded and he's really trying to like keep things safe like he's he's the one really focused on trying to save this cop's life and then uh aiza gonzalez is also great they're all three of them are just great she is like leagues ahead of her just like one note bitchy performance that she gave in kong versus godzilla last year which got it. she was, she was in, it's forgot she was it's in a that fun movie. performance to watch because <laughs> oh. I mean, who doesn't like watching like just a two-dimensional evil human in a kaiju movie but like no this is like a this is this she gets to breathe here she's great here Hayden, ambulance. I got two things to say about. <laughs> well, okay, three things. Number one, it's great, he's and I agree t- with. He's going to talk drones, baby. Oh, dude, I oh, could, we got to talk about that the was the biggest <laughs> thing that got me into the movie, and the biggest thing I came away thinking was I could watch Michael Bay throw those drone cameras around like a football <laughs> all day. That shot in the trailer was like when California Dreaming starts playing, and it like does a full 360 in the air and then while it's like diving down to street level down the side of this building i was just like this is just like get peter jackson to come back and start making narrative movies because he's been doing this (laughs) stuff with those cameras and his miniatures for so long we finally have drones he can start doing that in new zealand he didn't have to build miniatures to do this so i was just like i love the camera work in the ambulance it was invigorating and this movie absolutely it's funny that these movies come back to back on our lists but this movie is what buried ambulance for me or uh, this movie is what (laughs) buried the batman for me because i took my dad to see this after the batman and he was like he was like fuck batman this is where it's at (laughs) he was like that is an action movie he's like it's a great yeah yeah. great action movie it's like just 
meat potatoes action movie but like you know all the cool drone stuff i i actually got emotional by the by the ending i feel yes, like it works when you like see the two cowboys oh my god, god. it is <laughs> great <laughs> oh it works it really works i was like oh man michael bay's a little more sensitive in his older age but like bay uh, is great with actors we say he more doesn't... sensitive in his old age matt remember the will Patton stuff from armageddon <laughs> oh yeah that. how could i forget so, Look, yeah. <laughs> Bay has always, I feel like he's always been underrated with actors and with characters. He's always got great character moments, I feel like, but rarely this powerful. Like, you can go I, bite yourself a neck. I, <laughs> I almost, I almost cried. What is that? What does Will Patton say? He's like, don't have to tell him who's from. <laughs> I, I forget. I, it's so been a while since I've seen Armageddon. I'm doing Armageddon's so good. It's cool. And so is Ambulance. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad we're on the same page of ambulance. It's all on all of our lists. That's great. I'm oh, yeah. I'm very excited about that. So um so yeah, that was my number three. All right. So one of my number two, which is not on all three of our lists, but it is on Matt's list. And this is the one of these movies I actually got to rewatch. And that is Glass Onion, a knives out mystery. Forgot we were even gonna be talking about this. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I forgot about it because it was my number nine. Yeah, that's okay. We're talking about it as we got Death on the Nile. <laughs> Look, I I went to see uh, Glass Onion during its limited theatrical run, which was much publicized, and I loved it. I had a great time. But at that time, it would have probably been around like five or six area, and then I had a chance to rewatch it. And like this is a movie that really does benefit from a rewatch because there's a big perspective shift that kind of mm-hmm. happens midway. Like basically, he does it again. He does he pulls the rug out from under you and kind of introduces an element that you weren't expecting the way he does with knives out, but he waits a little longer to do it in this one. And it doesn't completely turn the plot structure on its head. It's still a murder mystery. I still think it works, even though everyone probably went into this movie, myself included, thinking, all right, what's the trick he's going to pull this time? You're going in looking for the Ryan Johnson spin, and I was still very satisfied by it, and it made for a great rewatch. And, oh my god, this one, I'm going to try and speed through this, because Hayden and I do have a movie to catch at 425. But um, no, it's, it's fine. <laughs> I think there. like <laughs> I think for this one, he kind of leaned more into the comedy. Like this, like Knives Out is funny, and I would consider it a comedy. But the comedy's a little more low key in that. This is broad fucking comedy. Like from the get go, you've got all these like Catherine Hahn, Dave Bautista, and uh, Kate Hudson just playing for the back row, just being like they're like they're they're more characters caricatures than the people in knives out like (laughs) knives out you've got a couple caricatures but they they feel a little more real none of these people feel like even though they're based on real people they're very much like he's just using them as caricatures to poke fun at real people and if you can get on board with that which i was i think it's the funniest movie of the year i thought it was a very satisfying murder mystery i thought it was a very satisfying comedy i love i love that it's it's just happy to be a movie. Like you've got uh, Daniel Craig giving like a, he's doing the same ridiculous Southern accent, much like Kenneth Branagh is doing the most ridiculous French accent. Yeah, but I'm not French. Also (laughs) not French. He is Belgian. Well, 
then it's an even more ridiculous belt. <laughs> my point, uh, here's the thing. I got a little shade with my friend here. I went to see Knives Out with my dear friend Hayden when it came out, and he had a fucking <laughs> blast. He was not I'm a different person than I was in 2019. <laughs> he's gonna say he just liked the setting and Anna de Armas. No, and the sweaters and the sweaters and the sweaters. No, he enjoyed <laughs> and the, sweaters. the story. <laughs> he enjoyed the performances. I he did. enjoyed everything. I did. Affair. I did. And now he is saying that he only liked it because of those things and his enjoyment for the like the plot mechanics and just the fun and everything in that movie. He's acting like it's gone. And that kind of breaks my heart because the Hayden from a couple years ago would have loved it's, Glass Sunday. It's not, it's not gone. I do like Knives Out. I'm I am hyperbolic in my letterbox reviews because I'm just fueled with passion. But like, <laughs> it worked once for Knives Out, and for this one, I was like, okay, just do the just do the thing this time, Ryan Johnson. I just want to see you do the thing. Don't focus on subverting expectations. Look, here's the thing. It is a murder mystery. Even when he subverts expectations, it's still from the get. Like, it takes a little while to get to the murder mystery element because it's until then it's kind of like they're just playing a murder mystery game. But this is a murder mystery. It is. It is. But it is also the Ryan Johnson version of that. And I will say this. I keep saying I will say this. Just say it, damn it. Okay, so <laughs> I have become a lot more cynical since 2019. And I don't like him like I used to in 2019. I find him annoying. And I just... It, it's all about satisfaction. So, like, uh, whenever I pointed out that it's obvious that the the one behind the curtain in Glass Onion is obvious to me. And uh, Dan Epler pointed out that, like, well, so is what happens at the end of uh, Death on the Nile, a movie I love. That's obvious, right? It's all about one was satisfying to me and the other wasn't. And, and Mark, what's my least favorite genre? Comedies. Yeah. <laughs> and Glass Onion is more concerned with being a comedy than anything else. So I See, just I, I just I didn't love it. I, I disagree. I do think it is more concerned with being a comedy than Knives Out is, but I also don't think that that lessens its focus on being a murder mystery. I think it is equally focused on being but see i don't see how a movie can just be focused on being a comedy when it is like the the world of this movie the production design everything in this movie is on point to the level like the edit this is grade a filmmaking and he is not just doing it for yucks i don't think he's more concerned with that i think he is just as interested in telling a compelling murder mystery as he is in trying to make you laugh. And for me, at least, and it sounds like for Matt, he did. I also just think it's too long. And this is just <laughs> one of those things that I know I complain about on some movies and not on others. I was not digging this movie already. And then it was also as long as it was. You know, it's one of those compounding factors. Things. Well, what is there a quote about that where it's like, if a movie... It's a movie you love. It can never be long enough. And if you hate it, it can never be short enough or something, you know, if, or Ooh, you don't like it. Quote. Yeah, <laughs> I would like, agree with that. Because, uh, yeah, I, 
I, I really liked it. I the more it's one of those things I need to watch it again because as soon as I left the theater, I thought this thing might play better on a second watch because you yeah, the perspective change and you would look at everything differently. Um, I feel like it's kind of uh, the more I thought about it since I saw it in the theater, I really liked it. I think it's kind of lost a little bit of steam with me, but I didn't want to like completely throw it off the list. I still watch like it, it again. again. That's okay. all. I'll That's what... <laughs> I just I honestly the morning it dropped on Netflix, I woke up early. I just threw it on because I'm like, eh, I just feel like watching the opening again. Ended up watching the whole thing. And there's like the way he structured, like there is a particular line that's dropped where at a point where if you've seen it before, I don't know, for me, it just hits so much differently. And I'm just like, God, damn, I know that you're kind of a hipster, Ryan Johnson, but you're just a delightful little hipster that wants us to have fun. <laughs> and I, th I, oh God, yeah, I, can't, I, mean, I, had a I great can't time. speak clearly. I, it's all right. I, <laughs> you know what I, else I, it felt? Yeah. Like I was, it kind of felt like a like a big destination movie, like a big, like it honestly, it kind of gave me James Bond feels, not just because of Daniel Craig, but the score feels very John Barry, like one of those scores that would be in the uh, older Bond films. Like the main kind of theme that keeps re uh, repeating is very loud and kind of almost romantic. Like it felt like a John Barry Bond theme. It's and yeah. it, it's a big movie, like, even though it's a Netflix movie, the like, I, yeah, I get, I mean, not everyone got to see it in theaters. That is a shame because it would play well on a big screen. But if you did get to go see it in theaters, it felt like, like Death on the Nile. You were getting to watch something you don't get to see anymore. Just a big star-studded kind of like vacation movie. You're being taken away to this exotic location. And while I don't, quite like the location as much as I liked it in Knives Out, much like I just don't like the movie quite as much as I like Knives Out, I still thought it was an incredible location, impeccably designed and just fun. God, I love this movie. Oh, God, <laughs> this, is, this is the God, I love this movie block of our list. Uh, I mean, I do, I like Knives Out a little better too. Um, I, I will also, gonna... sorry, I don't mean to keep cutting you <laughs> off, man, I'm sorry, but also you should have played it higher if you wanted to not get cut off. I do like the character. There is a character that oh. we kind of see it through their eyes in this one. I don't like that character as much as I like Anna de Armas yeah, in yeah. Uh, Knives Out because I think that's like, what are you talking about, Molly? Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I do think that Anna de Armas in Knives Out is like maybe the most likable character in all of movies. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but I really like, I do still really like that character in this. And also, uh, all right, Matt. Speak a little bit because we are all we are also in a rush. But I have a couple things I want to say about this. I, I don't have that much to say, so I'll be I'll be, I'll be quick. Uh, it's like I'm trying to think what else I'm gonna say. Yeah, I think it looks great. Uh, I mean, I know this is a common knock on most like Netflix produced movies, but how they don't look very good, they don't feel like real movies. I don't subscribe to that comment. Well, that's I all. Mean, I'm, subscribe to Netflix. That's all. I'm yeah. say. <laughs> Even if you if you don't subscribe, I think Glass Onion looks fantastic like i was seeing in the movie theater I'm like yeah this looks this is a real movie uh it looks great great score like you said it does look I love, like a real movie i'll give it that it does it's you know it's what was that harry styles it's like you know it's like a movie well, it movie. gives you the nostalgia of a theater movie the movie movie um yeah. it's it is very good looking like, like i love the opening with the the puzzle boxes they get some great it's production design hilarious like, and then it's my funny. dad i i recommended it to my parents and they shut it off during that scene what that part's great uh they... oh man i think people are very funny it is more broadly comedically you said um kate hudson i think is like 
quietly one of the MVPs. And she's I don't great. think she's quietly. I think she is. <laughs> I think she's like full on the MVP. At, like there's a part at the beginning where she's just. What I love about that opening is there's so much going on. And I like a good chaotic opening because it gives you stuff to zero in on on future viewings. Mm-hmm. She's just like, when they're trying to solve this puzzle box, like they're it's going among the three of them, Leslie Odom Jr., uh, Catherine Hahn, and Kate Hudson, and her uh, assistant, Je- Jessica Henwick, who's doing most of the work because Kate Hudson's an idiot. <laughs> and they're uh-huh. trying to figure out the musical portion of it. And Kate Hudson's like, Alexa! Never mind, Alexa. Sorry, mine mine turned on when I said that. But she's like, Shazam this. Shazam this. And then 15 seconds later, she's just like, this isn't a... After they've been going on for 15 seconds, she's like, this isn't... This can't Shazam. It's a lamp. And that one line was with me for the rest of the day, and I could not think about it and not crack up. Oh, yeah, I don't know what I'll say about it. I know we have to move pretty quickly too, but I really don't want to waste time just me word vomiting because I don't know what else to add to what you said. So yeah, I think it's just a very fun time, a fun movie. I there is a weird. I feel like it's gotten a lot more flack since it's been on Netflix. I feel like I was talking to our friend Preston about this, uh, and I hope he's not sharing this, but he messaged me. It was like, does it feel like there's a lot more negativity toward Glass Onion now that's out on Netflix streaming? And I said, well, yeah. This is the classic <laughs> thing. People get to and ex- set of people get to see something they all love it they're like haha nana and a boo boo we got to see it before you do and then it comes out and the thing is most things are just fine right or a lot more people have a lot more negative opinions well that's so true th- this it's always going to be the pile on i call it the festival effect because whenever you go to a movie <laughs> oh, festival yeah, yeah. i can even say for myself you want to love everything because you can't help it you're kind of like Haha, I got to see this before you, you peons. And then it comes out and everybody's like, oh, that was just fine. You're like, yeah, okay, yeah, it wasn't that good. I will Uh, say I noticed when uh, it was in theaters, everyone who reviewed it was like, this is even better than Dives Out. And then when it dropped on Netflix, everyone was like, I don't like it as much as Knives Out. I never I never went that far with it, even I will admit though, the second time I was like, I can at least see why someone would like this more than Knives Out. It's a completely different kind yeah. of movie. And it like it's more like in terms of the way it flips the structure, it's different. It's a different setting, different comedy vibe. vibe. It is really a different movie. Daniel Craig's even going more over the top in this one, and he's mm-hmm. absolutely delightful. There are some I said bore. I said bore. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> There are some fun cameos. Uh, like, there's a great cameo at the beginning who just pops up uh, and oh, then yeah, never yeah. shows up again. And <laughs> I actually thought he was going to be in it more because for, for a brief period, Wikipedia had him listed as one of the main cast members. I was disappointed he didn't show up. But oh, it's also yeah. funny that he doesn't show up again. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I don't uh, know what else to say. Yeah, so... If you don't shut me up right now, I'll be gotta, yeah, gonna This is your number two. This was my this was my number, number two. two. There are two movies that no, I don't movie. think oh. <laughs> have been have been on your list yet. Well, so I'm uh, wondering if one of them got bumped weirdly or 
I'm just confused. I I'm, think I you, just be confused. I think you're. I think I know which movies you're talking about, and uh, yeah, one of them was already mentioned. Okay, one of them was okay. I, if it's I'm what confused. I think it is. This okay. whole tabling thing. I, I don't know about this. <laughs> I know it's All easy right. to get lost, but I don't know how else we do it. All right, man. So. I don't I don't want to rush us. Hayden and I do have a 425 <laughs> movie to make. Oh Jesus. Now we so, we 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 we're, we're we're in the top two, so we should be able to blast through How much time do we actually have though? Because by my count, you've got almost like less than an hour to make that movie, but how close are you to the movie? The it's like is it's probably 20 about a minutes. twenty minute drive. We oh then they take trailers <laughs> into account. We should be able oh, to make it. That's thirty minutes. Worst trailers. case scenario, <laughs> we just we gotta bump it back to the next show. Would yeah. you be able to make the next show if we had to do that, or would you have to leave before that? I probably have to leave before that, but no rush. We'll we'll just get through these. I we'll do not have through. a lot to say about movies that I love, as it turns out. That's so. uh, yeah, yeah. We, we'll keep talking then. So okay, Aiden, you're number two. My number two. It might also Unless be it's going to be higher on your list, Matt. Uh, we'll see. It's Halloween ends. Oh, I'm oh, okay. I, no, I'm okay. shocked. I thought I thought this would be your number one and the number two. Okay, I mean, well, I look, thought it was going to be your look, number. Any normal year, it would have been. You know what this means? <laughs> any normal year, guys. Yeah, yeah, I'm calling it. Hayden and I have the same number one. Oh wow. well, okay. we'll see. Okay, so <laughs> Halloween ends. Just a, okay, like everyone else, like Matt, especially when I first saw it, I wasn't sure how I felt about it because not only am I a Haddonfield, we okay, I really am not going to go on about this. We have Mark and I have talked about this. At oh, you had a whole shock and awe, shock and awe. Yeah, oh, that's right. So, as much of a Halloween fan as I am, I love Michael Myers as much as I love anything from any of the Halloween movies. So they kind of do my boy dirty. However, <laughs> it is easily the most interesting Halloween movie since Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. The more I thought about it, the more I liked it. And I have watched it five times since theaters. And I think it's easily one of my favorite halloween movies it takes wild chances it takes wild swings it's clearly the movie sorry <laughs> david Gordon green wanted to make whenever he pitched his idea for whatever it was going to be this is the one he wanted to make and it is i just think it's a fantastic movie um my favorite halloween movies in general are the stranger ones and halloween these are my little notes i wrote down halloween is my favorite <laughs> slasher franchise because it's the only one in my mind that takes consistently weird and wild swings and takes those big risks i know friday the 13th does that after the paramount years i just don't think they're that successful that's my own opinion yeah other people feel differently and i love david i found out this year i'm a big david gordon green fan and this is the david gordon green movie out of the trilogy i love them all i love all three of them i would probably still put kills i, I would probably still put kills a little bit above ends um but man i love i love this movie i love this movie uh mark i know you had it all at number 10 so. It was, yep, yeah, that's right. It was uh, tied number 10 slot, and I do love it. I, 
love this whole trilogy. Uh, I love the weird... See, this is what I was talking about with Barbarian. This is the movie that really caught me off guard with the direction that it went. Somehow Hayden and our other friend Houston were able to piece this together like some little glass onion puzzle box from the trailer. <laughs> That's but insane they, to me that anybody could put, put that together I, from the trailer. I didn't actually watch the second trailer. Usually when I watch, like if I'm excited for a movie, I'll watch the first trailer and then I'll only watch the next one if it shows up in theaters. Didn't even watch it. So everything involving uh, Corey Cunningham, I was caught off guard by, especially like the direction that they took his character pretty, like from the get-go, this is an unconventional movie. Like the way that leads into the credits, you're like, I... I have no idea what I'm in store for here. And it proceeds to get weirder. Like this really gave me that. I have no idea what's coming next experience <laughs> mm -hmm. that I, that barbarian gave me just not quite to this extent. And if I have a problem with it, it's a messy movie. Like it's an interesting movie. And I love the interesting Halloween movies. It'll probably go up in my estimation. The more I live with it, kind of like uh, Rob zombies two did, but it I do feel like it like there's a relationship at the center of it and it moves a little too fast for me. And I feel like it uh the movie like as it as much as I like what they're doing, I feel like the movie suffers because of that speed. Would have loved an extended cut of this where we get more yeah. time with those characters. Also, I know, I know the <laughs> novelization kind of clarifies this complaint I'm about to make, but I feel like it kind of goes against where we left off at the end of Kills. I loved Halloween Kills. And that movie ends up with, like, Michael is more powerful than he's ever been. And at the beginning of this one, he's just a old hermit living in the sewers. And I, I don't know how he got there. And I don't, I'm, like, having to piece that together in my head. But I'm not finding a good enough explanation. So partially... I feel like it is not a great sequel to Kills in that regard, which is a Kills was my number one movie of last year. So, of course, I would want something to like. Who's you know, your number one movie last year? Listen, <laughs> a movie. I want a movie to like successfully oh. springboard off of that. And uh, I feel uh, I'm I'm dragging it out. Like I loved it. <laughs> But it also it kind of complicates my feelings on the whole trilogy. Also, I can't help but think of like the movie we would have gotten where it would have taken place the night of. I will always mourn that we never got the three movies on one night. And I love yeah. again. This <laughs> That's what I want. I love yeah. this movie. This was one of my number tens. But <laughs> this is one of my number one of my number tens. But it just uh, <laughs> you know it just it's there are areas where I find it lacking and i'm kind of unsatisfied like it's definitely the messiest movie on my list but at the end of the day i'm a halloween fanboy mikey's my boy and this is a very interesting mikey movie and i just <laughs> i love the weird swings it took i just wish that it would have and i wish it would i still need to watch the trilogy back to back i wish it would tie in a little more cohesively with the previous film and I just wish, you know, I wish it were a little longer. I wish we got more time with Corey and Allison. Now, I don't believe that you should have to read a book to enjoy a movie. Of course not. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I will say the novelization is amazing. For anyone who is I not sure how they feel eventually. about the movie, 
the novelization is so good. So good. Matt. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to keep my thought my thoughts to a minimum because we're pressed for time, and I don't want to be negative on a high pick because <laughs> I'm going to need that paid back to me in a minute, probably with another my high pick. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not even I'm not I don't even think I hate Halloween ends. I'm so perplexed by Halloween ends that I still have not been able to wrap my head around what the whole the whole time I was watching it. I was so excited to watch it because I'm like you guys. I liked Halloween Kills too. It was my number one, but I liked it. Um, wasn't even on your list, Matt. If I remember, <laughs> uh, it probably should be number ten. I thought about that later. <laughs> it was like I put like Titan at number ten, and I was like, "Oh, that was a recency bias thing. I should pull that off and put Halloween French Kills on this." I know. Sorry, it's <laughs> <laughs> French bullshit. I think I also left Dune off for that. I was like, I made some mistakes, but you know, whatever. It's it's an imperfect certainly science. did. It's a, <laughs> it's an imperfect science. Uh, I watch Halloween ends. And I think I said out loud to myself three or four times what the fuck is going on right now because i it is not i oh man i should not believe so much in like the advertisement and the trailers and the commercials but they promised a very different movie than i got so i was not at all prepared for what i was into i thought everybody loves the cory allison stuff i hated that stuff i'm sorry <laughs> like i really i don't Ooh. understand it the lines they're saying to each other are so insane. I'm like, am I, was I beamed into another dimension? What am I watching? Like, I just think the dialogue is so, I get there's other stuff going on there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go this hard on it. That's a, that, that's what bothers me the most. Is Don't stuff. apologize. Don't apologize, man. I want to fucking crush. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's, a, that's, that's my biggest pet peeve. I think is the stuff with them. I, I just don't get it. And I, like, I, I like the idea of what happens to him and then how he kind of has to, like, suffer for it and how the town treats him. The opening's amazing, by the way. The opening, like, fucking oh my knocked God. me out of my chair. Rocks. And Rocks. I was like, where do we go from here? And I like the idea of him being, like, the town pariah almost. And I like the idea of her even, like, kind of reaching out her hand to him and kind of, like, bonding with him. Like, he needs someone to bond with. But the way they go about it, I think, is so bizarre <laughs> like it i get there's probably some supernatural stuff involved i get it but like oh, <laughs> I, just, I can't everyone else i not everyone else but a few people like there's it some freaky ass voodoo shit baby <laughs> i just i don't know i don't know but i know you know what's most frustrating i know like 10 years from now it's gonna be like a halloween 3 season the witch effect oh or absolutely. where i'm like well, you know what that halloween ends is pretty good <laughs> like i'm mad at myself for being literally the, the day they announce halloween 5-0 everyone's going to be like, the Halloween Ends movie is pretty good, actually. Because this happens with these oddball, like, franchise entries where they're, like, they not liked when they come out, or not universally liked, and then, like, years later, people warm up to them. Because it's, I think mm -hmm. you get hit with such a, you're so caught off guard that you're like, what is this? Yeah. But you have time to, like, let it sit, you know, kind of, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I'm glad you guys really like it. I hope one day I will come around to it. Because, like, I don't really hate it. I just am baffled by it Just like shocked it's, that it's so low on mark's list i'm still really i am surprised that. by that more than anything but um it does feel weird it's like where did this movie come from it's like i think you said it it's like he not wearing almost a glass just... onion shirt that's all I'm <laughs> look almost <laughs> halloween kills was a freight train halloween kills oh, yeah i know i know i love it was incredible <laughs> and this it's like it's tough to reach the level of Halloween kills, but then to like also kind of go back on where that movie left off, like I find it mild, like you I can't find it mildly top kills, though. I mean, like, like 
Michael you can't Michael can't go any bigger. That was that was his send off. He was like, okay, <laughs> bye. Oh, I'm rest now. I, you know, well, look, it would have made more sense if they somehow found a way to explain this on the same night. And also, they just, so also, in my mind, the original version that took place on the same night, it would have been Allison, uh, who on the receiving end of this Michael yeah. psychic, whatchamacallit, and not oh, yeah, some yeah. new some character. Guy. And I would have been fascinated to see yeah, that. That part's weird, too, that they bring him in. It's like. I, I mean, love I, it because it's such I mean, a quick one. I do love it because he's a great character and I love what they do with him. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I love <laughs> it's my number 10. It's on the I, list. I, I know. One day, one day I'm sure I'll probably come around to it. Or I might never. I don't know. We'll see. I'll Matt, keep you, you guys, hate it. What's your number two? I'll keep you guys posted. I think this is I know us, what Matt. I this know. This is gonna Matt's bring us back together. Is. This is gonna bring us back together. I think my number two is both your number one. So we can just roll right into those real easy. It's not. No? Nope. But we okay. do see the tabling <laughs> thing is confusing. I'm calling this is my number four and Hayden's number five or six or fucking whatever. Oh wait, it has already okay. The tabling thing is confusing. Number two is Top Gun Maverick. Oh, the... oh. <laughs> that came up for both of you already. How did yes. I guess? Wow. Now Jesus. here's the thing. Now I've mentioned before uh that there there are movies I liked more this year because they're more me, but this is the king of 2022. <laughs> it's the king of it's king of movies, baby. Tom Cruise, those seating levels are through the roof. He uh, he's, <laughs> he's transcended. He's, he's transcended. transcended. He is Zenu now. Um, they, they, it's this movie. Goddamn, this is a, a fucking movie. A fucking movie, man. It <laughs> it's is. funny because it's a relatively straightforward movie, but it's a straightforward movie like told in the most spectacular way possible. Exactly. Yes, exactly. You put it perfectly. It's like, yes, it is very straightforward, but it's played with like the best. How do I put this? It's like a song we all know, but it's played by the best musicians. I feel like it's just played by. It's, it's like a really the... good Top Gun anthem, but done by Hans Zimmer. <laughs> <laughs> and Lady Gaga. That I'll start off with that. That fucking Lady Gaga song is awesome. Hold my hand. That is we. I miss power ballads in big summer yes. movies. Like I, I love that so song. <laughs> tonight, but oh, don't I mean, you let go of my hand. Jesus, okay. you blew the mic out. I think Tom Cruise like fought for this movie to be in theaters. They were like, "Let's put on Paramount Plus," and he was like, "Fuck that." Uh, good thing he did because it I saw in a the theater. It played amazing. My the only movie I can think of this year, my adrenaline felt like it was spiking. Like when I left the theater, I'm driving home, my little Toyota Corolla. Well, you didn't see I'm, I'm speeding. <laughs> I, it's, that's true. I saw Fall at Home. Matt, um, I had a similar reaction, but instead of speeding home, I just went home and went straight to the gym. I should have done that, but it was kind of late. Awesome. But I just, I was like, <laughs> I was like, I get pulled over speedy after Top Gun Maverick. That's a pretty good excuse. But um, it just, I mean, yeah, it's straightforward, but it just does everything so well. I feel like, uh, I, I don't know. I, this is the, I don't say about this one because it's like everyone, everyone in the world has seen it. It made the most money of anything this year, right? It's like, what does there to say? Um, I think you brought it up earlier, Hayden, where you're like, I don't like, and I don't know, Daniel will agree. The term functional has been thrown around. Like, it's very yes. functional. It's like, it's better than, come on. It's, it's better, better than that. that. Like, yeah. it is better than that. Yes, it is a, the first blockbuster in a long time that feels like it's just like very effective, but it's more than just very effective. It's, insanely good also <laughs> yeah like, i mean they, they they oh go ahead sorry <laughs> no, no no they they lay out the plot for you and it's very simple like they lay out what they have to do 
and we it's run something through you it. couldn't care less about the the greatest feat this movie pulls is that it convinced me while i'm watching it that top gun is an amazing movie and i love it to <laughs> death and that it is like a foundational piece of american like legacy yeah i'm like and yes I- I'm Top on Gun is America. On this podcast, we did the Unscottable series. Top Gun is not my favorite Tony Scott movie by a long no, shot. It's I don't like bottom. it. Um, but when I'm watching Maverick, I'm yes. pretty sure I love the original. I'm like, I got to go back and watch Top Gun. It's funny, yeah. two of my top three are either Tony Scott inspired or direct Tony Scott sequels. It, it says a lot about me, but it's yeah. like, it, uh, I loved it. I was so, I almost missed the Tony Scott people trying to rush me out of the theater and i was like hang on i was like i gotta see remember tony scott you said all right like, my proudest <laughs> moment of the year was starting an applause in my theater when that credit came up i'm very proud of you for that that is that's a, a civil service you did there. That's good. <laughs> so, um yeah i don't know i mean i loved it i'm glad again it's on all of our lists uh i don't know what i'll say about top gun maverick it's awesome uh it's just a fun ride apparently everyone loved it i it, i'm still shocked dad. at how big a hit was but yeah. To quote my dad after he after we walked out, he said, "Everybody needs to turn off the news and go see the cruise." <laughs> my favorite quote of the year. That's um, amazing, man. All right, so we're really low on time, but we have number ones to get through. I thought that would be once. <laughs> I, I will quicker. say it. That could have been my number one if again I had gotten to rewatch it. But I I was terrible about rewatching all my favorite movies this year unfortunately but like that could have been number one ambulance could have been number one batman could have been number one now i think i've really lost the thread on what your number one could be they all could have been number one but here's the thing and this will be good for speeding through it because hayden and i share a number one do you want to say it at the same time or can we not sync up are we not good enough to sync up like uh i think you've forgotten what my number three was uh oh Oh, oh. maybe maybe all right, you know what? Maybe maybe I'm not doing a good job of keeping up with it anymore. All right, <laughs> this look. tabling thing is really a thing. You know, really oh my god! I know, I know, it's, it's confusing. But, Maverick, but it's of, uh, ways we do this podcast. It's fun. I feel it like is it's fun. fun. It is fun. It is fun. okay. Yeah, I'm now remembering. Hayden's number three is my number one, which makes me really curious to see what his number one's going to be. My number one is Avatar: The Way of Water. Number five, baby. Yeah. Let's. All right, I'll baby. <laughs> On the I can movies are back, this, baby. I can speed through this more quickly than Glass Onion because I only saw this once, but <laughs> went to see it opening day, first showing at the IMAX theater that I saw the first one at. I uh, over how long was it? Twelve, uh, thirteen years ago. Oh man! <laughs> and just like this is why we go to the movies: romance, adventure taken to another world and no movie this year or in a long time has taken you well okay dune came out last and year and no 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 this is different than dune no no look, you want to be here water not sand i i, I want to be at the harkonnen planet that looks pretty cool this all right <laughs> anyway we are it's just this is why we go to the movies james cameron is the king of reminding us why we like to go to the movies yeah. and just i got swept up from the moment we're back on pandora i got swept up when the hue i was surprised at how quickly it it kicked into gear i was thrilled when quaritch returned and how he oh my god he just (laughs) crushes his own skull amazing it's incredible (laughs) and it's just james cameron spent all these years perfecting this technology 
to just make like one of the best looking movies ever made. That water stuff is immaculate. It's transcendent. And God, you see, the higher we get on my list, the less coherently I can speak about them. Uh, I mean, okay, because we have like no time. (laughs) Sigourney Weaver plays like the one of my favorite ever movie kids. I kind of can't believe that. That's a wild. Yeah, <laughs> like M- like I always yeah. thought Korich like was gonna be the MVP, but Kiri was the MVP of this movie for me. Like she was just there was an MVP for me. Oh, uh, oh, and we'll we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, yeah, ju- guys, jump in, jump in, help me out here. All right, I, so I will just say yeah. really quickly, the bombing of Home Tree and the battle at the end of the first movie hit harder than like any movie that's ever existed, but. So, so I don't know if I love Avatar 2 quite as much as I love the first one, but the audacity of what the movie is about by the end of it, I love that so much. And like you all said, movies should be about spectacle before anything else. They are the one, it's the one art form that they can do that like TV can't, books can't do, music can't do, spectacle. And James Cameron knows this. And they should also all be about whales. The third line from this, uh, from any movie uh, this year that made that broke my heart. <laughs> the first one, let's recount them. First one, <laughs> Kenneth Branagh. I was going to be father. Kill me. Number two, Barry Keoghan. Well, there goes that dream. Killed me again. In this movie, when that whale says it is too painful i fucking lose it every time i've seen this movie twice i cry every time i see this movie whenever the whale says it is too painful to tell the uh, jake sully's son about what happened to him why he is in exile and and i i can say this above everything else the decision to make this franchise a generational story is amazing and it's going to pay off big time in in my mind like i love that it's going to be about their family okay yeah i i am an avatar convert because i didn't like the first avatar when i saw it in theaters but i did see it in the worst theater in town in bad 3d and (laughs) and it was like weeks after it came out so the you know all the praise was through the roof and it was just like the worst experience and i was like Man, this Avatar ain't, ain't nothing. I was like, <laughs> and rewatched it, I think, for the first time since 2009, like a couple weeks ago, and liked it more. I think the first half of the movie of the first Avatar is not that great. I think there's some real choices made <laughs> with like dialogue and some of the human stuff. I love that he kind of like dumps a bunch of the human stuff. I mean, they're the bad guys in this one, but. Uh-huh. Jake Sully is just fully in that, you know, he's a Navi and it's so, give me all that stuff. I love that they gave him a family. Like they mm. gave him four kids. He's like, I'm going to be four kids. <laughs> like, Cause I think that helps. I just love all those kids. And they give him all this stuff to do. Like they're so likable. Um, they add all these new characters. I like, they go to this new location that I like actually better than them being in the forest. Like I think James Cameron, God, I mean, I'm a sucker for a movie on the water. And I think this James Cameron is, is happy too. He's like, get me to the water. That's where I need to be. Yes. <laughs> and like, I love the, the final God. act of this movie is him kind of playing the hits. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. I don't want to give amazing action at the end. I think I was telling somebody, a few friends asking about, cause I have all these friends who didn't want to see the second avatar. They're like, Oh, avatar is lame. Blah, blah. And I'm like, guys, 
this avatar is like 10 times better than the first one in my opinion i don't know if you guys agree but it's like i think this is everything he did in that movie but better in this movie and i think it looks amazing saw it in 3d imax it's incredible um still hate the frame rate but i will say this movie looks amazing <laughs> i didn't rate, even notice the frame i don't know like I, it didn't bother me but um i got used was... to it pretty quickly I'm not. I wasn't used to the jittery motion when I think it was cutting back down to 24. But because they can't change the projector speed, they just copied and pasted frames. It looked weird. And stuff with the, I'm curious to oh. see if they ever fix that. Yeah, the stuff with the the whales. I was like, this is really emotional. Whales like, there's a lot so of good. emotional stuff in this movie. I really Hi, got Con. into. It's a great world building. All the movie. drama. It's all about families. Ben Diesel would say, "This is really, <laughs> this is where it's really the all way about it." Like he he kind of slow like he doesn't reveal what the movie is actually about for a while. So the yeah. way he just kind of immerses you in the world before revealing what the movie is about, it's just, uh, he's so good at that. I do not have time to talk proper <laughs> shit on Black Panther 2, but oh, <laughs> undersea culture world building, they could take a lot of notes from James Cameron. That's all I'm saying. Because this little conch shell saying hello thing that's the only thing they had in black Panther. i'll just say like if you're talking cg like technical advancements in cinema i think wakanda forever was the worst looking movie if you're talking feminism in in that department no i'm joking i was just gonna quote (laughs) (laughs) and i and avatar was obviously the best looking in that department and yeah that's the last 40 i don't know 30 minutes to an hour i don't know how long it was there's this whole like it's so exciting. The action amazing. stuff's amazing. The there's if so you much... want to talk about an extended climax that works, yes, yeah, and yeah. I never once <laughs> doubted this. One. <laughs> Jimmy Cameron, man, don't don't doubt the man. He knows what he's doing. Uh, so okay, that was Mark's number one. Yeah. Okay, Hayden. I don't know. I'm what really curious what Hayden's yeah. number one is. I believe Mark has forgotten a few things. One of which was this piece of folded paper. Ooh, okay. I lay down on the desk. I want Mark to read it out loud. Okay. <laughs> What's <laughs> Cyrano? No matter what, <laughs> had to be Cyrano. Was always gonna be Cyrano. Ah! I forgot that that was a release oh this year. God, Open I forgot wide. that was this year too. <laughs> so it was released limited, extremely limited, in just L.A. and New York in time for Oscars. Ooh, just like the movie it we're was, watching today. Yeah, it was nominated for like a fucking like costumes that's it <laughs> and then it opened wide february 25th 2022 oh. i know y'all weren't going to give me shit about this but i did have a whole diatribe about how like we got to put a moratorium on release dates being just for <laughs> like people in coastal cities that's not fair <laughs> fucking not I, everybody can drive to la to see you I, I wouldn't fight you on this one that's a big gap yeah. between la new york no, and, actual... and people you. people put the damn empty man on their list last year that that came out in theaters like that came out to beaumont in 2020 2020 movies anyways uh, oh man i i just thought we had like a draft day moment here where you <laughs> mark the fake i had to, I had to. <laughs> it was amazing all because right it was amazing i'm a lot of things I'm a, I'm a cynic. I am a hypocrite. But above all things, like I contain multitudes, like like. <laughs> but above all things, I'm a romantic, and Cyrano just filled me with feelings that no movie has in a long time, probably since Moulin Rouge. 
I am just enchanted by that movie. It made me realize that Joe Wright is definitely one of my favorite filmmakers. I did a whole binge of his movies after I saw it just because I couldn't get enough. Cyrano is my fucking jam, dude. <laughs> I love Cyrano to death. It's a beautiful yeah. movie. I <laughs> I watched I, I watched I it, with, it. So I'm yeah. <laughs> I watched it with Aiden. Aiden showed it to me, and I really loved it. I've got reservations <laughs> about the ending, but I can't get into those because a we don't have time, and b it requires massive spoilers. But I will say that that. It could have been a five star movie if not for that. Oh, okay. That's all I'm gonna say. I I did love it though. Great music, great performances. Joe I, Wright, he knows how to make a pretty movie. I have not seen it. I'm sorry, but I I love how much of a you pick this is. Like, and if I'd remembered it was this year, I probably would have picked it for you somewhere. I was hoping that y'all forgot. I was hoping. We, that I, did. I did. I did. <laughs> like, um. Yeah, I don't know. I I uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it so much. I have. It's I have like to say. I saw it that <laughs> moment, and it was oh. like whenever uh, Kevin Costner was scouting, and he saw Vontae Mack, and he was like, he's like, it's gonna be that guy. It's gonna be that guy. <laughs> when I saw Cyrano, I was like, that's it. That's the one. And it, I haven't moved. I haven't moved. That was an amazing bit. Jesus Christ, <laughs> it's great. That was, man. What a what a bit. I love it. Uh, do you have more to say on Cyrano? I don't want to. I, I know we're going to rush, That's but it. all right. All right. I'm going to do mine. I think I do mine pretty quick. Uh, I, I know what yours is. You, you all know what it is, probably. I think I talked about the podcast, too. because I, couldn't I watched myself. it earlier today, just huh? for this podcast. Hey, all Mark, right. uh, I'm going to go to the theater. You catch up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. My number one is uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is a movie that I kind of, again, came out of nowhere from just, you know, saw some trailers, saw some buzz. I loved it. I still love it. It has everything I think I could want in a movie. It's got it's got uh, it's got action. It's got comedy. It's got family drama. Um, I think. Listen, I know some of the complaints. I think people were like, "It's too wild and crazy." It's too. It's like I. Don't, I think the cast is so good that they ground a movie that could easily like get away and just be kind of too wacky and too zany. I think Michelle Yeoh. Uh, I think I pronounced it right. Kihai Kwan. I think I'm saying his name right. I should look it up earlier. Uh, and there and Stephanie Hu as their, as their daughter. Uh, those three and their performances I love so much. I think they ground this movie into like where it gets genuinely emotional for me by the end. The mother daughter stuff is amazing. Kihai Kwan. Thank God. I mean, this comeback for the year for this guy. He's getting all this awards love. Um, he's like the heart of the movie. I love him. Uh, it's just all about just listening to people and being nice and being kind. And there's all this crazy stuff going on, comedy and martial arts. And like, it's just, I know it seems like a lot for some people, but like for me, I'm like, Oh, this is everything I love in a movie. And has a genuine uh, emotional kick at the end. I'm just, it, I couldn't, I, when it came together, I was like, I have seen very few things like this. It's super creative, super original when we're all like begging for stuff to be different and original. And then this comes out. <laughs> Aiden just making a face, uh, but I don't. I just I loved it. I, this I know this is to you as Halloween ends is to me probably, but um, I don't know. I love this movie. Okay, <laughs> uh, it's great. I, I think it's fantastic. So I all like right, that we all have one movie on our list that we each genuinely hate. 
Although I don't know which one Mark hates. I don't think Mark hates any of them. I don't hate anything. That's true. <laughs> and right. I loved everything everywhere all at once, but because I watched it literally right before the recording, it's kind of a miracle it made the list like after watching it so soon, but that's how good I thought the movie was. I I don't know why. You know, it never really appealed to me, maybe partially because I wasn't a big Swiss Army Man fan, or I, I never really had any interest in Swiss Army Man. I knew it was these guys, so I didn't have much interest because uh, of that. Uh, and then, I don't know, whatever every single person in the world says, this is the best movie of the year, I'm just like, really? <laughs> like, are we, like, because I, I do think there's a certain amount of group think that sometimes goes into, like, the critical, like, the people's favorites of the year, where Sometimes people, it's not, not even their thought. They heard someone else say that, and then they watched it, and then they kind of agreed with that. I feel like that's how some, you know, movie opinions kind of get out there. And that's kind of what I was worried about with this one. So I avoided it for a long time, and I made it the last movie I caught in my little catch-up before this. And holy shit, I loved it. I thought it was... I thought it went a little long in the first act when it was just like too focused on being zany, but I still thought it was like always entertaining. I really loved the heart at the end. You're right. Uh, Kiwi Kwan, absolutely the heart of this movie, the way he kind of like brings the bit like a big emotional turn. I just, it's tough to talk about because it's so fresh in my mind, but I thought it was funny, inventive. Another one of those movies where it's like, this is why we go to the movies. If I had one complaint, the kind of quote-unquote A24-ness of it, even though it's a bigger movie than what they normally do, still kind of shows through. Not a lot of long shots in this movie. They kind of like to settle on the medium shot and the close-up. And I felt like I definitely, I felt like that was a little noticeable and kind of occasionally distracting because I'm like, I get it. You're A24. You kind of have to show your indiness somehow, but like, <laughs> this feels like a big sci-fi movie. Give me a couple of long shots. I, this is a petty complaint, I know, but <laughs> yeah, I just, right. it's, yeah. Some, it's something that stuck out to me, and I'm focusing way too much on that petty complaint. I love it. I'm sure after rewatches, it'll climb higher in the list. Uh, that's all I got. I'm glad you love it, though. Hayden, you want to say your, your piece on this one? <laughs> unfortunately it's been like half a year and i don't have anything good like i don't i don't have any good <laughs> complaints i just thought this movie is so annoying i was so annoyed while i was watching it i was fucking seething in my seat oh, waiting God. for the <laughs> waiting for it to end and here's the thing it's a personal thing it's a comedy with a lot of action in it and when i don't find it and when I don't find the comedy funny, when I don't find the action exciting, that's a problem. And so I was just bored out of my gourd, and I found <laughs> the humor very obnoxious, like, very obnoxious. By the time the little random girl came in and said, I put everything on a bagel, I literally said, fuck this fucking thing. All I gotta say is I'm so happy that Terrifier 2 and Deadstream didn't end up on one of y'all's lists, or I would have thrown myself out well, the I mean, If we had recorded this oh. in October, Terrifier 2 would have I know it would have, and I'm so glad it was Terrifier 2 is a great October movie, less successful the rest of the year. But I, I am shocked like, how much I liked Terrifier 2, but it did not make my list. Tomorrow, I spent the whole time Terrifier 2 wondering <laughs> what Mark meant by this is so much better than the first one, when it's 
to me, it felt like just the same. Uh, you thing spent the again. whole time in Terrifier Two just talking about how you don't like Terrifier Two. <laughs> yes, and in my mind, because uh, I had an inner monologue going on in my mind, I was wondering what the hell you meant by that because it just felt like the exact same movie again. Hmm. Well, right. Hayden, Listen, I'm sorry you I'm didn't like everything ever tomorrow, and <laughs> uh, I'm excited for that. But. I'm sorry you didn't like it. Thanks for being respectful. You weren't you weren't like, fuck you, Matt. You're an idiot. <laughs> you're not an idiot. I just didn't like it. You're not me, Matt. If I You're not an idiot either. I just found <laughs> all these movies annoying. Oh. Listen, different everyone has different tastes. Like, yeah. So it's you know, yeah. it's all it's all good. Uh it's fine. There was a lot of things we agreed on. Avatar, ambulance, top gun. Yeah. <laughs> Avatar, ambulance. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. What? let's um whenever like we can we can rattle off some honorable mentions quickly oh, shit, I forgot about that part because i was whenever you like uh i don't know when hayden and i are going to the theater like send your lists in the group chat because i want to see if my like predictions for how much crossover we had came through okay unfortunately we're not going to have time to announce that on the episode but i'll rattle well, off. we do got to do the rundown real quick we got to do the rundown to one. all right look here here are my <laughs> should we do honorable mentions first or rundown do first? your honorable mentions and do your rundown and then <laughs> Move right, on look, next person. <laughs> number all right, look. My number 10. This is Mark. Number 10, three-way tie. Men, Halloween ends, X. Number nine, everything everywhere all at once. Number eight, Babylon. Number seven, nope. Six, the Northman. Five, Amberlands. Four, <laughs> Top Gun Maverick. Three, the Batman. Two, Last Onion and Knives Out Mystery. Number one, <laughs> Avatar the Way of Water. And okay. Yes. A <laughs> lot of honorable mentions. I'm not going to say anything about them. I'll just say Park Chan Wook's decision to leave, Death on the Nile, Banshees of Inisherin, Watcher, See How They Run, Tar, The Fablemans, Barbarian, and a twofer of dramas, Empire of Light and The Whale. Both these movies have become punching bags, but I don't think they're any more jokes than like something like Tar or any average prestige drama and i kind of get mad when people single out those movies as punching bag fuck y'all i'm sorry i'm rushing i'm rushing through this i'm sorry mom i don't want to hear about this in a text message later <laughs> all right see the whale is okay that... my number 10 yes <laughs> my number 10 is fall text chainsaw massacre smile <laughs> nine ambulance eight barbarian seven elvis six top gun maverick five banshees of inishirin Four, the Death on the Nile. Three, Avatar. Two, The Way of Water. Two, Halloween Ends. And number one with a bullet, baby, Cyrano. <laughs> Cyrano, no matter what. <laughs> my, Cyrano, no matter what. My honorable mentions would be The History of the Occult, Blonde, shut it, Mark. Uh, the Fablemans, <laughs> Nope, Deep Water, Mad God, The Cursed. Uh, this documentary called American Werewolves made by Small Town Monsters. I mentioned them last time, gave them a shout out. Dash Cam. And if I was going <laughs> if I was going to pick one cabinet of curiosities, that'd be cheating because they're shorts, not real movies. I'd pick Graveyard Rats. <laughs> that shit was awesome. Okay. I did love Deep Water. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think we're the only three people that like Deep Water, so that's nice. We can all agree on that. It's like, good. For a long time, it was on my top ten. It was on there early then, in the year. like, summer came around and movies started coming out. So. Yeah, <laughs> it came out too early. Okay, uh, my three-way tie for number ten was X, Jackass Forever, and Barbarian. 
Number nine was Glass Onion. Number eight was Nope. Number seven was The Batman. Number six was The Fablemans. Number five was Avatar Way of Water. Uh, number four was The Banshees of Ed Sheeran. Uh, <laughs> oh, so we forgot to catch it. Uh, number three was Ambulance. Number two was Top Gun Maverick. And number one was Everything Everywhere All at Once. And honorable mentions, really quick. Um, Elvis, still shocked. Uh, Resurrection, Rebecca Hall. Uh, Prey, The Northman, uh, Mad God, Day Shift, Hustle, that Adam Sandler Netflix movie, and Pearl. And yeah, I'll stop there. <laughs> nice. Okay. Guys, good luck. <sighs> Boys, this was a great episode. I'm not kidding. I've been looking forward to this for freaking months. I was very sad when I thought we were going to have to postpone it, but I'm glad we got it. I was not looking forward to it because I remember all the movies I still had to watch. <laughs> Maybe next year we just don't care about rushing and we just wait till like end of January so everyone can see all the movies they want to see. I'm look, I would agree to that, but I know by December first I'm gonna be like, you fucking guys, you can't make me wait that That's long. true. <laughs> I don't know. It's up to, we'll see how it goes. But I felt like uh there was still stuff I kind of left on the table to see. But I like I love my list, so I'm okay with it. But we don't we don't feel like we need to rush if we, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I had yeah. a great time. I look forward to the uh episode so much i'm excited for it next year um hopefully the year is half as good for movies as this year i'm not sure it is going to be but we'll see so yes. um but yeah thanks guys and you got to go so do you guys want right. to plug anything or are you good on that <laughs> uh, i'm good on the plugs you, you guys have heard me on enough podcasts recently to know where to find me nothing's changed letterbox hayden comes alive there we go there you go um our stuff you can follow the podcast on twitter at film feast pod follow me on twitter at math 87 and follow me in the podcast Instagram at Film Feast, all one word. And we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody.